Hello and welcome to Ghost Divers. This is an anime podcast on the Export Audio Network. I am your co-host, Neve, and I'm joined, as always, by your other co-host, Connor. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, and then we have special guest, Kim. Hi, hi, Here hi. is our, our uh, light novel correspondent. That's um, true. 
also famed creator of UnjustBot on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess that is. Yeah. <laughs> that's information that is out there because of how Twitter's like bot automation thing works. Mm-hmm. I did, I mean, um, I'm, yeah, in, in between the first episode and this one, I've created the unjust bot on twitter.com, which just posts quotes from unjust apps. Yeah. So, uh, for uh, again, we want to just thank you for um, visiting our country. Um, only for yeah, three course. episodes, though, because that's the rule. Of course, yep. Yeah. Um, definitely nothing bad is going to happen to us after okay. you leave. Awesome. Um, Great. We're just really excited to see you. Yeah, no. Really Could I just get, like, a postcard or, like, a letter to, like, take with me just as, like... No. Just... Okay. Yeah. No. Um, no. Okay. You're good? Yeah. It's, like, okay. <laughs> just don't worry about sending anything back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no. Like, I get it. Like, stuff just gets lost in the mail. Like, it's no biggie. Our mail yeah. service is terrible out here. Like, mm. just... And actually, they're all quitting tomorrow. Oh. So we will never be able to send mail here ever again. So just don't worry about it. Are they like not getting paid enough? Is it like a unionization thing? Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of factors. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I've, I'm only here for three days. I can't really. Yeah. Get to know the entire country's in and out. But yeah. also, yeah. When, you f- when you finish recording, please don't go by the mountain. Okay. I, I was yeah. going to ask about the giant podcast mountain in the background, but you know what? You're going uh, to want to like just make sure um, there's a way out of town. It's a lot quicker. You really don't want to get stuck in the traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, what yeah, you yeah. have to do is you need to go uh, east when you leave. Okay. And within eight hours of leaving, you should be probably about 60 miles, uh, at least 60 miles away. And if you uh, totally yeah. miss all the traffic, if you do that. Okay, nice. That's how you know what. Thanks for the advice. I'll take it. Yeah, cool. Got it. <laughs> so now, um, now that we've passed so, yeah. our advice, do, do we want to get into the episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, okay. After we had that totally yeah, unrelated yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. discussion. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot yeah. to decide who's doing what episodes again. I don't know if anyone feels strongly about any of them. Um, I'll, uh, I'll start. I, um, okay. Oh, do you want do you want this one? Uh, I wanted to do eleven. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, you okay. start, and then we'll. Okay. Yeah. Neato. Um. Uh. Okay. Episode eight is what we're on. This one's called "Land of Wizards: Potentials of Magic." Uh, in the land of wizards, uh, worth and power are measured by a person's ability to increase a crop production, as they were founded by a group of people called mages who brought irrigation and agriculture to the land. However, in this agriculturally def- oriented land dwells a woman named Nimna, Nimia, uh, Nimia, Nimia, who dares to dream of something completely different. Nemia desperately wants to build a successful aircraft, and she has dedicated her life to fulfilling her dream, despite the lack of support from her peers. To help bring her dream to fruition, Nemia invites Kino and Aramis to her house and explains that she needs the town's bronze statue to be removed from the main road so she can test her latest aircraft prototype. The next day, Nemia is issued an order from the chief for her aircraft to be dismantled and burned due to numerous complaints from the townspeople. 
Despite this, Kino and Army still convinced Nimia to test out the aircraft on the following morning with the use of the ramps, the ramp and tubes filled with gunpowder in order to launch over the statue. After the test proves to be successful, the chief and the townspeople push the statue aside so that it can land and forgive Nimia, praising her as a mage. Kino and Armies go on their way, commenting that the aircraft flew as if by magic, and Kino didn't think it would actually fly. Uh, this is a great episode. It's yeah. awesome. This is this is uh, this, this was one of my favorite uh, uh, chapters when I read the light novel. Yeah. I love how um, I love the shift that happens. Um, for uh, well, first thing I love about it is how we get the shift. Um, in like perspective, uh-huh. uh, where you know the start of the episode, we have all these other characters in this town. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but then, like more significantly, we get Nimia as like the protagonist of this episode. Yeah, um, it's really good, and and we get this like narration from Nimia. So for the first time, we're like uh, get like the internal. Uh, monologue of another character. We're like leaving Kino's perspective and like just like settling in this town in like a, a very different way than usual. Yeah. Uh, and then Kino eventually shows up and you're like, oh, hey, it's Kino. <laughs> oh, there's the there's there's the funny little guy that that's journeying. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, it. I think it, it one thing it does is it kind of like to me part of this episode um and I think we'll we'll discuss it as we go um but part of this episode is like about the um like uh constraints of possibility like imaginative possibility mm. um yeah, yeah yeah and like freedom of individuals within uh like a given society um, and this shift of perspective is really uh, effective, like to get it immediately, because it just places you like we're disconnected from from Kino's perspective, which is obviously like we were talking about last time, already established as this like outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in order to like uh, kind of convey uh, what's going on in the episode. Um, I think it's important that the viewer is like situated within the confines of like the imaginative world of this um, village. Um, and by shifting to Nimia, because she's like this, um, she's halfway between like the village and Kino, obviously. Um, so we do get this uh, immersion element, um, but also like uh, it, there's that openness um, for like uh, to critically understand the village at the same time. Um, whereas I don't think if we just started with Kino, um, we would just immediately have this critical posture. It wouldn't be as intimate um, and we yeah. wouldn't have the same level of like uh, immersion in the village and in this story um, that is like really necessary for um I think not only like the themes of the story, but also like the emotional um, arc of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of important that, and we're going to get another character that's even more uh, like you're getting even heavier parallels and um, 
in a like divergent way with Kino uh, when we get to episode 13. But uh, this one too, like there's a lot that you can see uh, in Nimia that like has some parallels to Kino in terms of being like somewhat of an outsider or um, acting in a way that is like uh, kind of outside of the norms of the, that society. Um, although interestingly, like, um, I think Nimia is so much more like gendered throughout this in the way that Kino isn't. Um, but then also the, the conclusion, like it's important to start in the, the country where she lives so that it also ends with like her being sort of, um, accepted and, and maybe slightly mistakenly like <laughs> held up as a mage, which is not what she's trying to do. Um, no. <laughs> but like, you know, actually in some way making a, an impact on the country rather than just having to, to leave. Yeah, um, but yeah. still getting from Kino this like inspiration to try anyway. Um, yeah. This batch of episodes has Kino being like, like, I guess like even going back to like episode seven, like this, like, these episodes have like are very like markedly have Kino like interacting and like sort of messing things up a lot more than yeah. like the earlier ones. Like getting Kino's more really, involved. Yeah, Kino's like <laughs> yeah. being more of a person and like tearing these countries apart on a whim sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally with the uh, episode seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like oh, this this country, everyone has to fight to the death now. This seems kind of annoying. I can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I saw some yeah. people in your city underneath the city who looked really sad. So now this whole place can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll shoot a guy through the head. I'm not doing anything yeah. else today. There's only one possible solution to this problem. Mm-hmm. It's and not. It's, it's even open Kino warfare. Admit, even even Kino, it's not really a solution. Kino just like fired a shot. And was like, well, I've I've had a good three days. I'm out. Yeah, I just I've been waiting like for a moment to use my. Away. I've been waiting for a moment to use my Yu Yu Hakusho spirit gun. <laughs> this seems pretty convenient. It's cooler if I build it up. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for giving me like a tournament arc that I don't have to kill people in before I get to use it. Yeah, before I just yeah. turn around and kill someone <laughs> at the very end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think uh, that point is. Uh, I think that's an important point about Kino's like increasing involvement. Um, because to me, that's one of the, uh, major arcs of the series is Kino's like, um, the, the debate over in- involvement and, uh, distancing and being this outsider, uh, yeah. and their status as that. Um, but then like them in the midst of this debate, uh, in actuality, like getting increasingly more involved, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As the series goes on, like culminating in the last episode, obviously, yeah, absolutely. Um, which we might we might have thoughts about. Yeah. Uh, this I also thought this episode it works on a lot of level uh, levels for me because on one hand it's just. A, a really uh, interesting and kind of satisfying story uh, among all of these like vignettes. Uh, we get like the stronger characterization of the other 
individuals in the story, uh, specifically like Nimya, um, but also the village chief and Nimya's like boyfriend slash fiance. Um, and even like the old man, uh, Nimya's like mentor or whatever. Um, we get all of this characterization that is uh, satisfying. But, uh, and, and it kind of like wraps up in a way that's, that's neat where it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, we have this really optimistic ending where Nimya has like achieved her dream and, um, everyone in the village like recognizes her now and, um, all of that. So it's like satisfying in that way. Um, but I've also found that the more I think about this episode after, uh, the more I feel like it's, um, there's also a kind of, um, ambiguity to it that, that feels rich to me. Um, where we have this, this conflict of like the individual versus society, um, that's framed here. Uh, this also comes up in the next uh, episode, very obviously. Um, yeah. But, but like this, social like stagnancy and repression versus um individuals like freedom um and then the the extension of that which is like innovation um and the conflict here being that like oh this oppressive weight of convention is like stifling the progress that's generated by um like individuals um doing new things and breaking from the the norm, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the ending of this episode is like, oh, well, um, so there's a kind of pessimism about this conflict fundamentally, um, envisioning it. Um, and, and again, I think the pessimism is probably even stronger in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's an optimistic ending where it's like, oh, once the villagers see that Nimya's, once they actually like see her innovation, um, then they accept her and they like immediately um, change their uh, their stance on it yeah. uh, to like support it. Mm-hmm. Um, while while so like, it's still like keeping it within like their same framework and stuff, like without like exactly. really admitting that she's like right or doing something different. It's like, oh, this was always just something that was capable was capable of happening and we knew it could happen uh, exactly yeah yeah so it's like oh well you know society is going to like stifle the like the freedom of the individual but then you know if the individual just like fights through that and uh like pushes forward anyway um if you're able to do that then they're like society is able to like adapt and grow um, following these like breakthroughs um, or this like introduction of new ways of thinking. Mm. Uh, and that was like my first conclusion. Uh, but then to your point, like I think the episode also questions that uh, because they put it, they situate like that acceptance within the framework uh, of this like superstition that is, um, well, I think I get. I guess we can debate um, if the superstition is like if this is a uh, a pessimistic or an optimistic thing. Um, but they're like 
anoint her as like, oh, she's like, you know, a mage, and therefore she's like, you know, it's all powerful being. Um, it's not really an understanding of like what she's done. Yeah. Um, and it, and it also becomes about, which is a, an argument that she had been making to try and get them to move the statue anyway, but like, oh, we are like the country where someone flew for the first time. That's like a, a claim to fame. Yeah. Um, in the same way of like, oh, we have all this great agriculture. Um, yeah, we're like, it's just a the paradigm has just been replaced. Or it's like the same paradigm, but the content has just changed. Where it's like, oh, the mages brought us agriculture, so we worship the mages. Um, and we worship agriculture. But now it's like, oh, we just are going to be defined by like this, you know, flight, um, this other type of magic. Uh, but like yeah. the, the structure and the paradigm is the same. Um, and I think there is like a, you, you could do a whole analysis <laughs> of this um, and debate like, well, there's something necessary about like, um, Societies having, like, the fact that they uh, have a paradigm of understanding is is not, like, a negative uh, or, like, a repressive, but rather, like, it's somehow necessary. Um, and it, it's still, like, flexible. Um, or you could be, like, make the argument that, oh, yes, society hasn't changed at all. Um, yeah. And that's still, like, just as repressive as it was. Uh, or presumably, like, will continue to be, or whatever. Um, yeah. Do we, do we want to move on to the next episode, or? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not, not to, to. I just feel like that's a good summation of the, this episode. I mean, there's some, yeah, like, yeah. cool details we can talk about. I love all the, um, I feel like a lot of the animation is shining in this one, um, as well as, like, there's a, a few other ones coming up where it's really good um but like yeah, the flight the, sequences and the the yeah. takeoff and all that are really good um and also the the like shadows of the giant um fans on the ceiling of like the mm. warehouse where she is uh as she's like getting the idea for the propulsion and stuff um i think there's like a lot of interesting touches like that mm. um yeah, um, I'm, yeah i'm happy to move on to the next episode <laughs> yeah sure yeah, so next episode, uh, episode nine, uh, title one, Land of Books, title two, Nothing is Written, exclamation point. Uh, Kino and Hermes encounter an escaped man in the desert who gives Kino a book that Kino can use to exchange uh, when they arrive to the Land of Books, um, which we learn is a land that gathers together all the books in the world. Um, however, uh, upon arrival... Kino uh, finds out that the Department of Reading and Welfare locks away books that are considered harmful uh, inside the castle, um, leaving only the harmless ones out on display to read in the library. And uh, it it's noted that there's like it's an extremely small amount of books on offer yeah. in the library, um, which is the like that's kind of the um, the reversal or the the reveal. Um, where it's like, oh, this land of books, it has every book ever. And then Kino's shocked to find that it's the 
the library is very small. Yeah, it's just like a little small town library of like here's some shelves. <laughs> <laughs> um, reminds me a lot of a uh, library that I volunteered in in middle school, actually. Um, minus the like dystopian overlords. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, the librarian uh, at the library recognizes Kino's book because Kino uh, is kind of trying to exchange it or whatever. Um, so the librarian recognizes it as being uh, from her comrade who left the country. Um, and it turns out that this librarian is part of the publication syndicate, uh, which is a resistance group that seeks a secret passage into the castle to rescue their comrades who have been caught by the Department of Reading and Welfare. Uh, and presumably to like overthrow um, this regime, kind of seems like. Um, stumbling upon a key and a manuscript, there's a bunch of details that we're just like kind of blowing past here, but... Um, yeah, this is a hard... Like, some of these I tried to update from Wikipedia to like put in more of the details, but also like... Kino, this Kino episode goes on like a abstract. little point-and-click adventure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, and also briefly, like, contemplates their own existence and <laughs> if they are actually just a reader reading a book. Yeah, that's not important, though. Yeah. Um, they st- So, uh, oh, wh- important detail that it has been omitted, though. Um, this publication syndicate, uh, Kino meets with them and they basically are like, Kino, you know, you have guns and you appear to be, um, it's, you know, an anime protagonist. Uh, <laughs> would you like to, to help our cause? And, uh, and Kino's like, you know, kind of resisting it. Um, but uh, in this exchange, Kino learns that the uh, head of the publication syndicate is this figure called the author um, who uh, used to be part of the castle, uh, but uh, left like, disgusted with the censorship apparatus and, um, and became an author and, and is the one who produces all of these texts that, mm-hmm. that they're illegally uh, publishing and disseminating. Uh, and somehow the, um, the author's newest manuscript is like a key aspect in this, um, in, in this whole thing. Uh, and they need to like locate it. Uh, so Kino um, ends up with this manuscript uh, and also a key, um, and around the same time crosses paths with the author, uh, who later leads them to the castle. Uh, and it is revealed um, at the castle that the former comrades who have been uh, arrested um, are actually forced to become uh, literature critics. So they basically like you know become part of this like censorship uh, apparatus. Um, after uh, giving the key to the librarian, uh, Kino meets uh, Miss Minister, who is like, um, you know, the the apparent uh, overseer of this uh, this uh, regime, and is responsible for trying to catch the author, uh, but who uh, ended up luring Kino instead. Um, and then they have a uh, they have an interesting exchange that. Uh, Maybe we'll we'll discuss. Um, ultimately, uh, and then the library catches on fire, <laughs> uh, and uh, 
as Kino is leaving, um, Kino is allowed to keep the manuscript uh, for for himself. Um, but the uh, it, it it appears that the uh, library is like either burns down the castle's library either burns down or is like heavily heavily damaged. Um, as Kino is leaving. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a complicated episode to uh, to do a plot summary <laughs> for. Yeah, it is, uh, especially as you get. So there's like a sequence of um, uh, like child in a sick bed being given like some device to experience the books as if like they're living in them. Uh, that seems to be part of the manuscript that the author wrote, but that Kino is reading and being like, this is like me. Am I, am I like a child in a sick bed, uh, experiencing With like I'm a, a character? VR headset on? Yeah. Um, and so around some of that, there's like weird, uh, I, I watched this and I was like, uh, I would not, I would not at all be surprised if, um, the director of, of Kino's Journey and also Serial Experiments Lane has seen some uh, Terry Yamashuji films because uh, so like the shot when uh, Kino's first meeting with the publication syndicate and they're all standing in like this dark basement with like a single light overhead um, is basically just like the shot from throw away your books rally in the streets towards the end where you, you just see the entire cast like in this weird warehouse Um but also, like, there's, like, a weird disjointedness to this episode um, that yeah. feels like it's pulling from some of that stuff. Uh, Kim, do you have any uh, n- late novel context for this for this I, episode? I don't remember this one. It might have been – it might just be pulled from, like, a later light novel I haven't read. But honestly, I, I don't think this one popped up. Interesting. Um. I well I feel like there is Well, I'll just kind of like talk about mm-hmm. what what makes sense to me in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um it is like I felt like this is a thematic pair to episode eight. Um where we like it's still um this same problem of like social repression. Mm-hmm. Um where we have this other, another society that stifles like creativity, um, specifically uh, like the production of new ideas, the uh, production and dissemination of new ideas um, yeah. in the form of like literature. Uh, but instead of doing it through this kind of uh, small-minded, uh, you know, small-mindedness like custom passivity. Um, like Nimia's village. Uh, here we have like just an active authoritarian government um, with like a censorship um, apparatus. Uh, and it seems like both of these episodes are envisioning uh, like forms of resistance to, uh, to like these uh, types of social oppression. Uh, but in episode nine, the re- like, because the repression is uh, takes a different form, like the resistance also takes a different form. Um, and yeah. there is this kind of like, I don't think they ever actually have weapons. Um, I don't think but so. It's, it, but it's kind of like, 
everything else about this resistance movement has the dent of like an like a like a violent like an armed resistance. Yeah, it's like talked yeah. about and like referenced in such a way that's like it's not really it's not like oh we're just publishing books to protest. It's like oh there's like force there's like force and like intent behind this. Yeah, and like we're oh we need the key to the castle. Mm-hmm. Um but like the whole at least for me um the I guess the understanding like the entire time is like you're going to go into the castle and just like kill everyone <laughs> and like overthrow this like government or whatever obviously. Yeah. Um but uh, uh point being that um you know, here, here we have like this violent resistance, um, mm-hmm. instead of the kind of like, um, you know, Nimue's resi- resistance. Here it is actually this violent resistance. Um, yeah, and, and uh, episode eight is so much more like pushing against social mores that are, um, not really enforced through laws, but rather just through like, uh, customs and like what is given the time, uh what people will will like help with and not help with uh whereas this is because this is so much more of a like uh structured uh oppressive like apparatus through like we literally take the books and we seal them away um at the end we also learn that part of the purpose is to seal critics away from common people uh, yeah <laughs> um so that they won't like corrupt people with their with their opinions about books <laughs> yeah. um um and so because it it is like it is a a much more um like rigid and and physical form of like censorship and, and oppression rather than this kind of uh malleable social one it like seems to necessitate the more physical form of resistance rather than um I simply have like the means and the time myself to try and do something, even if other people aren't going to support me. Uh, this is like, no, we have to like organize underground. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's and, not just like yeah. we're being shunned. It's like, we're going to be arrested. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, what you bring up um, the, the end of this episode um, is actually uh quite a bit more interesting um in the uh the reveal uh like you pointed out that like the the critics who are um who like substantiate this regime are actually like former members of this resistance um so there are some i think there's a uh a, a parallel drawn here um between well it obviously it's uh they're the same <laughs> um that somehow like the resistance is easily co-optable um or the uh resistance and the regime are like somehow um two sides of the same coin um or a uh like a uh just different reflections of the same um core sentiment uh or core ideas mm. um and I don't know, uh, I don't have any sweeping uh, major reading about about this statement, um, but it does, uh, it's another instance of this show having, I think, a, a surface level uh, 
thematic setup uh, or critique, uh, and then something more subtle, uh, like a- another layer um, of critique uh, that is underneath the surface, that is uh, mm. a-, a bit more incisive. Um, and then uh, the final conversation with the minister and Kino uh, is is interesting to me in this context because um, the the minister is basically like, oh, literature, uh, the the philosophy of the castle is that literature should be a a personal relationship between an individual and the book um, and that people should be free and unaccosted by other inputs. Um, Like you shouldn't have to hear someone else say that your favorite book is bad. The only function of books should be that you just read them and have a personal relationship with them and enjoy them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And therefore like the critics have to be sealed away. Um, because the, uh, like the work of criticism itself is evil. <laughs> um, and, uh, all, my, all I'll say to that is, um, I think it's amusing how well, like how perfectly this dynamic illustrates the, uh, um, in literary criticism, there's like a, uh, this critique of the novel, um, at least in like, uh, the 19th century and like the, uh, 20th century is like a bourgeois, uh, or like a bourgeois social formation, um, at least in, um, to a large extent, um, because it's all about, uh, it's often like constructed as, uh, something you do in your leisure time. Um, if you're like a, you know, business owner in, uh, 1930s France, like you, you go home in the evening and you just like read a novel and it's just you. Um, it's this kind of like atomized, uh, consumption of literature that's like not collective, um, like specifically constructed as not collective. Um, so it's like atomized and personalized in a way that is like, uh, 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 cuts off and deprives like the revolutionary potential of literature, which is like realized by, um, sharing like Uh criticism, like fundamentally by criticism. Um, but then also like, uh, sharing exchange of ideas, um, and like collective experiences and just, and like, um, analyses of, of these works, um, which is the object of criticism. Um, so for me as like a former literary theory person, um, this was th- this like really, uh, this really got me going. Um, yeah. So I you appreciate this that. one up. <laughs> yeah, I did. I ate it up. Um, um, and then the, the stuff about the, the author, um, and the fiction, like, the distinction between fiction and reality, um, I don't know if I have a lot to say, regrettably, um, because I think that there is, like, there's a lot going on there, too. I just don't know um, immediately yet. Like, I don't have an immediate thought on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is a thing where, like, I was watching it. Um, it looks like this is a, a chapter in one of the light novels. Um, but yeah, I, I was watching it being like, 
it, it's interesting that they just kept it books here instead of trying to adapt this to like um having Kino realizing that they're or believing that they are like in an anime or like in a show or something. <laughs> Um, which you could easily see, like making that choice when you're adapting the the media, um, because you watch this and it's so obvious, like, oh, yeah, this is a light novel where they're like <laughs> having the main character um, addressing the reader of the yeah. light novel, yeah. <laughs> um, and and in some ways, like becoming metatextually aware of their status as character, um, in a way that. I, like I think some of it is interesting because I think um I get one of the things about it is that it feels like it uh it does complicate like a a clear critical reading of like critical in terms of like uh what the society is doing is wrong um when there is the you see to some degree like a danger being realized of like this blending of reality and fiction or whatever um but also it is like I, I think what becomes interesting is that in some ways, like Kino is grasping a truth about themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that it like, it's interesting as on one hand, you could say that the, uh, the story is like affirming that uh, literature can be dangerous because it can convince people that like, uh, they are the character of the book that they are reading and not like, you know, lose, fall into escapism and lose touch with themselves. Um, but at the same time, it's like, no, Kino is also like reaching at something that is actually true about the world through this. Um, so I do think that that there's a lot of tension there, uh, that I find interesting about this. Um, because like Kino's not actually losing touch. Kino is becoming more aware of their reality as a character. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this was like a wild, uh, I think, episode. I was like, I don't fully know how to talk about this one just because it's so... Um, again, I feel like there's like a lot going on with structure here as well, with the, the yeah. way that the episode is sort of disjointed um, that I'm, I'm not even sure how to like quite get into yet. Yeah, and there's something about like the this like danger of solipsism or whatever. Um I mean, I'm just going to call it solipsism even though it's not um exactly right. Um but I pulled the quotation of from the author uh where he says all people live in a fantasy in which they are the main character, which is like what a lot of what you're um talking about there. Um there's something about like this danger um, or this just problem uh, and like in relation to the idea of like collectivity um, that uh, again, I, I feel like there's, there's just more there, uh, but that like, Oh, well, you know, this reflects on Kino's <laughs> on Kino's journey um, because Kino has a kind of, um, in a way, like their status as the protagonist of the of the series, um, and their like their philosophy as a character, um, their distancing, um, and the fact that they like refuse um, 
or at least uh, intellectually, like, believe they should refuse um, these interactions with other people. Um, because this journey is like, you know, it's for, it's for themselves. It's about themselves. Um, like somehow this solipsism, um, it, this is like reflective of Kino's, uh, like you're saying, like Kino's learning more about, uh, themselves, but like, this is somehow reflective of like Kino's life. I feel like in existence, um, and what might, and the aspects of that, that might be uh, problematic, um, or like dangerous. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but who knows? Um, we're all just, you know, we all just think we're the protagonist. Yeah. This also reminds me of, um, our debates about who the protagonist of ghost divers is. <laughs> Obviously it's, what is, it's definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> And, it, and what that says about the person who, who nominates themselves as the protagonist of Ghost Divers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, uh, all of Ghost Divers before I got here was just like, like it was the, it was like Nimbus the setting, it was, it was the scene <laughs> setting in the village before, before Kino shows up. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, currently like me ramping up into the mindset of reading a bunch of sagas for the the new podcast with M. Uh, it's like the part at the beginning of a saga where f- there's just like chapters and chapters of learning the lineage of the actual guy you're going to care about. <laughs> yeah. um, you just like go back like five generations and hear about what every single dude did. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was always my favorite part of, uh, of the, the Bible as well. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, here's the start of existence. Um, and we need to get from there uh to uh <laughs> to Noah. So this is like this A beget B, B beget C, <laughs> C beget D. Uh and this is how long they all lived. Like we need to throw in a couple, yeah. you know, uh five figure lifespans here to uh to bridge this gap of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's always that's always fun um do we have more to say here do we want to move on to the next episode yeah i'm good moving on yeah um i'm fine okay uh episode 10 a tale of mechanical dolls one way mission is the the subtitle uh, while searching for a village where they can get Hermes' uh, speedometer repaired, Kino stumbles across a nanny, or like a, a housekeeper, basically, um, who serves a father, a mother, and a son living in the woods. Um, and the the old woman who serves this family claims to be a mechanical doll. Uh, but as Kino spends time with the family during dinner, uh, while the, the nanny leaves to recharge uh, quote unquote in the closet. Um, Kino begins to realize that the nanny seems a lot more human than the family. The family just like sits there at the table. Um, and then they go and they open up a little, uh, hole in the wall behind a, uh, uh, painting and just dump all of their food in there and then go sit back down. And then when the nanny comes, is like, it was delicious. Um, and they're just all the like creepiest, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> rich people uh just sitting static um not really talking they're just not creepy they lines. just stare at you <laughs> without blinking it's fine for, it's for fine. 20 minutes <laughs> can't stand rich people 
Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the nanny takes Kino to see the ruins of an ancient country, quote unquote, buried under the water. Uh, but Kino surmises that it must have uh, must have actually been destroyed rather recently. Um, it just just doesn't look ancient. It looks like a fairly recent modern uh, country. Um, and also, it's like it's not wild how it's, it's wild how countries history. can just get destroyed like that. Yeah. It's like a whole country uh, just <laughs> destroyed. Oh, well. Yeah. These things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, the nanny also uh, manages to repair Ermi's speedometer. Uh, seems to be very good at machines. Uh, hmm. Uh, on the morning <laughs> when Kino is set to leave, uh, the nanny dies. Uh, again, this will come up in a later episode. Kino just has the, you know, always has the luck. Uh, the magic touch. Yeah, 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 always getting the, like one perfect shot before um, before they leave. And of course, uh, in dying, reveals that she was human after all. Um, at the nanny's graveside, the family reveals to Kino that they are mechanical dolls created by the nanny uh, over fifty four or yeah fifty four years ago um, during a time of conflict in the land. Basically, there was like race wars happening, and the the. A uh, woman who's the the quote unquote nanny here, um, she believed that if she created like uh, mechanical dolls who could do the labor, then there would be peace because then like the dolls could just take care of the humans, and um, there I guess there wouldn't be like the same divisions in society anymore. We just need we just need to create a a new permanent underclass to displace yes. <laughs> all of our like oppression onto, and then we'll stop killing, and then the. the yeah. Current resources uh, will stop. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, anyway, she's like, uh, you know, not paying attention to her husband and, and child um, to to work on these mechanical dolls. Finally makes three that are like perfect. They, they work fantastically. Um, and it's like time to go show them to my husband and son who in that exact moment are destroyed. And when a, a house explodes um, and she is also hit with some of the, uh, like debris or sh- yeah, like debris. concussive blast. Um, and, but is, is, uh, her husband and son are killed, but, uh, the, the mechanical dolls, uh, save her. But, uh, in the trauma of the explosion and also s- tragically seeing her husband and son die, uh, she's lost her memory, wakes up and believes that, uh, she is the, the mechanical doll and that this is the family that created her. Um, and that once, her to like take you know take care of them basically um so uh the family who who is a bunch of mechanical dolls meant to serve are like okay well then what our job is is to to act as the role of family because that's what this like that's what the woman who created us once um and now that she's dead they don't know what to do so they're like well, Kino, you're here. Do you want to be fam? Do you want us to be your family or you want, like you your friends? Or... Do you want MPs? Yeah, <laughs> lovers, enemies. We're fine with enemies. <laughs> like you don't seem to be too excited about any of these positive ones. You want to do enemies? Uh, and Kino's like, nope. I am a traveler. I'm. I'm gonna peace out. Uh, I, I got my. I got my bike. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so they're like, well, we don't have a function anymore. And so they just walk off into the lake uh, that 
I don't know if I missed this when I watched it, but the the synopsis suggests that they are the ones who like destroyed the the country. Um, I don't know if that's true. If the country just got destroyed, but yeah, uh, that was my understanding as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they just walk off into the lake and and plunge into it, and like basically the last thing you see is them sinking to the the bottom of this massive lake that covered the country, um, and like one of them like sparking out as they drift down. Um, this episode's great. Real, uh, real goofball move on their part. Yeah. I, I know that uh, Beach House yeah, like, already said hobby. this, but uh, um, <laughs> like near, just like take a back seat. <laughs> Kino's here to to one up you. Uh, a twenty two minute episode or like twenty five minute episode, uh, just really gonna hit um, all of the sad robots who are are made to serve humanity. Uh, in that, have to pretend to be humans, but actually don't know what to do with themselves. Um. Yeah, I love this episode. <laughs> it's an all-timer. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, I actually, uh, I really enjoyed um, all of these episodes. Uh, I think it's kind. It is kind of. Uh, I'm embarrassed. I don't remember this. I, I can't remember when we were talking. If it was in the intro episode or might have even been on Puton. Where I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying Kino's journey so far, and um, I expect that I'll continue to, unless you know, for some reason, the second half of the series just becomes like incredibly depressing uh, out of nowhere." <laughs> um, and I was like saying this, and you just like clammed up, and I was like, "Ah, okay, <laughs> shit, <laughs> um, it's gonna be depressing." Um, but even like even these uh I think we have like a couple more really depressing episodes coming up. Um Yeah. Yeah. But uh they're they're still like satisfying because um they they I think in a way they're um the like critiques are a little bit more layered and focused. Um, in these episodes than uh, in the the earlier ones. Um, yeah. Like this, you know, the question of, like, class and exploitation in this episode, for instance, um, is very... Uh, I feel like there, there's a lot uh, going on with that. Yeah. Uh, the The aspect that jumped out to me right away was the um the question of like of the family um in well l- let me take a step back uh, it it felt very uh poignant uh in relation to like the problems of the family in like modern liberalism um or like liberal society uh where we have this, um, of course, we, le- we learn this is all just a charade, um, but at least the way that the family is presented to us, uh, like originally, um, is we have like, you know, both parents working um, to like sustain the household financially uh, because it's not like possible uh, 
to to do uh to survive financially otherwise um and they're like atomized so they have no assistance from like society or the state um which is captured with this like there is no country uh refrain that keeps coming back um i think it's like three times it's it's said uh because kino keeps asking like i heard there's a country around here and they're like nope um (laughs) definitely not um and now i'm gonna put my uneaten food in the garbage um (laughs) but uh i think that there's like a it, it's funny, but there's also like a thematic aspect to this where this house is just like, th- these people are completely isolated um, and like completely, again, like atomized. Um, and then just like the, um, this like hardship, um, this like difficulty in like sustaining the family uh, leading to like, the need for um like uh like like the nanny or maid like this uh domestic labor that is like um you know this uh, like exploited domestic labor basically yeah um like because like the entity of the family is so like um like under these like uh conditions um it then like shifts uh in order to like sustain itself it then like shifts the like oppress the oppressive burden onto like this exploited uh lower class which is like you know the mechanical dolls or whatever um and i'm just like this really hits for me because i'm like if we just had mechanical dolls tomorrow in like the united states like this is like what would happen. People yeah. would just have like mechanical dolls and like to do all of the housework and stuff. And uh you know what like we can get into like debates about uh using like robot labor um and like sentience and stuff. Uh which I think this episode opens up. Um but th- that's this is one aspect like this whole uh like confluence of of ideas um really like stood out to me from this yeah um <clears throat> i also like i think that this episode's also in conversation with some of the earlier episodes like the one with so we we had like two previously that um involved having like some sort of robot or mechanized workforce. Um, we've actually, had, I guess we've had a number, but so the, like there was the one where um, in, the it seemed to be no the most functioning work. and then everyone like got the telepathy power and is now living apart. Um, but you know, we have like the, the critique of uh, late capitalism where the, the robots do all the work, but we still have to figure out how to like divide quote unquote fairly the the profits and so people still just go to work um and so we we get one here that um i guess like in some ways work is a really common recurring theme in in kino's journey broadly as well Mm. uh because you can even tie this to the the men on the train tracks but like that uh 
and we get like the explanation for for why she believes that she's a mechanical doll but i think there's still something being asserted here that like um you know once she gets these mechanical dolls she still like has this impulse to work and so when um when she like suffers amnesia she just like assumes a a job a a role in which she can work um and in which her like work enables other people to work um that like when people don't have work they sometimes don't know what to do with themselves anymore um i think is something that's also kind of happening in the background of this episode that's been happening in like a lot of episodes um yeah, there's like this a lot of a lot of chemistry has been about like oh there needs to be at least like if not directly like labor in a straight way like some kind of like intent or focus or just like goal that is being pursued in some way shape or form and like the the town that like Kino grew up in is like and like an antithesis of that of just like there's not there's like no real goal allowed to be pursued and that by like becoming a traveler and like meeting all these other people with goals. Kino is like exploring that space in the same way that a lot of people are like still compelled to work and do things even when like there's no need to. Yeah. 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 Part of what, what maintains Kino uh, as an outsider throughout all these countries too, is like the fact that what they are doing does not fit with like, like they, they still have a, a purpose and a, a goal and a focus um, it, in terms of like what they are doing with their life, but it is not uh, one that feels like productive in the same way that a lot of the, the rest of the, the work is, even when we see how, how pointless or um, unproductive work can be sometimes where we get the, doing the math but not nearly as fast as the machine so that you know how to split up the money uh or doing the work on the railroad tracks that's actually just like pointless um and then even here like doing the work of being the nanny to these robots that actually aren't going to work um (laughs) so yeah that don't need your sustenance or care yes um yeah i think um and you know kino's home um it factors into this as well in uh in the sense that the like operation that they do that is like the um fundament like one of the fundamental um like linchpins of the society is for the express purpose that like once you undergo this operation, then you can just like take a job, even a job that you hate and like, just do it, uh, without like any problems. Yeah. Um, so that's like, uh, another permutation of this and perhaps like the, the most, um, obviously like oppressive, (laughs) oppressive one. (laughs) Um, because it's, it's just like, you know, again, this is incredibly invasive, um, not only, uh, forcing you, um, like physically, uh, within the, um, structure of society to, to do a job for sustenance or whatever. Um, but uh, like, uh, intervening, uh, psychologically, um, into your, like to your consciousness, um, 
to make you accept this, uh, um, like th- this form of labor, um, or this situation of labor. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, maybe something similar will come up again <laughs> in the next, uh, in the next couple episodes. <laughs> um, the, the other thing that, that I would add, um, to your comments, Neve, um, I think you could also do like a, a reading of, um, the, uh, the nanny, like engineer, uh, through the lens of like femininity, uh, in the, in the sense, I, I think the episode like offers enough for this that, um, somehow like, it's not only just the expectation to work, uh, but it's also the expectation to like perform this role of like wife and mother. Um, and we see her, uh, once we finally get her backstory, uh, so much of the backstory is about like her focus on her career and her work and how it like took her away from her family uh, and then, like, this drastic turning point where the family's killed, um, like, being one of the things that leads to this obsessive fixation on, like, serving and preserving the family. So it's, like, almost like a, like, an internalized, uh, like, guilt. And then uh, that's, like, uh, arising from this trauma um, or related to this trauma that, uh, like causes her to react by the, uh, focusing on this performance or obsessing over this like performance. Yeah. Of like of caretaker as the, the purpose of her yeah. life. Um, and then, uh, I, I guess one, um, one other thing that stood out to me in this episode was, um, each episode, giving us a little like nugget of uh reflection on Kino um where i think we're I, like can it, the show continues to kind of uh urge us or like push us to um critically examine Kino as well um and we have this dynamic between Kino and Hermes uh and i think the episode actually ends with um I can't remember what it is, but it's like Ermi is wanting to do something. And then Kino just being like, ah, no, like I'm in charge. Um, we're not doing that. Uh, which kind of is a, a type of exchange that we've seen, um, like multiple times, uh, in the show so far. Um, but given the like a- explicit plot of this episode, um, about like, you know, this, um, seemingly potentially sentient like mechanical uh entity uh with like a human you know master or whatever um i I think it invites us to look at like kino's treatment of Hermes and what kind of uh partnership this is um or if kino like sees Hermes as a like how does kino see Hermes uh in this dynamic yeah. Um Yeah, it's interesting to me too because uh 
I do still think that like there's a certain part of this show that that holds on to the the idea of like you know the writer provides balance the the motorad provides uh the speed um and they have to like work together um and so yeah there are times at which it's like it is Kino being a jerk or is Kino being a brat to Hermes? And there's there's a different vibe to this. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'm not sure which. <laughs> yeah. Usually I think it's a brat, but... Um... Kino's a, cr- a creature of contrasts and many, many varied abilities and states of being, but a lot of them do come back, back down to being a brat to Hermes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the core. That's that's the, yeah, the, the core trait. Yeah. Uh, episode 11. This one's you. You were excited for this one, Kim. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really like this one. Okay. Uh, episode 11. Her journey. Love and bullets. Uh, as Kino and Hermes are drifting on a raft downstream, really just like chilling completely. Uh, Kino just starts recalling people that they met on their travels, uh, like with the repeating line of like, be careful not to lose your life, like as like advice given out to one another. Uh, in the first memory, a reformed criminal seeks to repay his debts to the widow of a man he killed by acting as her bodyguard on a journey. Uh, he's just like drinking in the same like tavern as Kino and they're just like oh yeah from like one ruffian to a traveler like got any advice or whatever and Kino's like hey careful not to lose your life uh and then the moment they leave the country the widow kills him uh be out of in out of revenge uh niece Holly Stone making an appearance in uh in Kino's journey <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah big big niece Holly Stone vibes here Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's just like holding the gun, just like having like a breakdown, and Kino's just in the distance, like, well, I'll just keep going. Dude, why'd <laughs> you kill Jacuzzi? It's not cool. <laughs> not gonna ruin my day though. <laughs> yeah, that country is the most Bacano vibes of any of the countries we've seen so far. For sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh and then it uh, drifts into another memory uh, about a woman whose fiance was killed, traveling the world, teaching disarmament and pacifism. Uh, and she's accompanied by a guy who, and Kino gives them both the same advice, like, don't lose your lives. Uh, and then the man reveals to Kino that he has a secret weapon, that uh, he killed the killer of the woman's fiance and that he keeps killing people along the journey to keep her safe. Like there's just like a crowd of like gunmen. Like this dude's like fucking absurd. Like he's yeah, like, like a f- Western hero or some shit. Like just like, like five feet yeah. away. There's like 20 dead people. Yeah. And, and, and he's like, like wow. a rock over here. Yeah. Yeah. No. And Kino's like, wow, I have no idea how she hasn't found this out. There's so many corpses and they're you so are- close. <laughs> you are so good at killing secretly, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how she didn't hear the fucking gunshot she's like right she's right next to you it's, it's insane yeah. but uh yeah uh then uh it, it cuts to kino right after right after episode seven like still in the dress driving armies badly and crashing uh like knocking armies out or something like armies just like doesn't respond like kino's like crying and like hey hey get up get up get up like and like trying to like 
get something, and then a wolf comes out, and Kino's, like, terrified and really scared, and then uh, the wolf gets shot, uh, and a very cool old woman steps out and is like, hey, <laughs> be careful not to lose your life. And she's so sick. She's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then and this uh, is the master. This is all yeah, yeah, the master. Yeah. 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 And then and then Kino's like, yeah, and then I learned that was the first thing I learned from her, and I learned a lot of other things. Anyway, commercial break. And then we're gonna leave that hanging. <laughs> That's a story for another it. time. Not in this series. <laughs> yeah. Not in this series. Another time never. Read the visual. Read read, read the novels. <laughs> yeah. There are Kino Strange visual novels I want to read, but I think she comes up in the really bad like 2014 series that I haven't seen because everyone I know who's seen un, it says un, it's bad. Uninterested. Uninterested. Yeah. But yeah. It looks bad. It looks it, so uh, bad. It doesn't look interesting at all. But okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the second segment is called uh, A Tale of the Wise Man. Uh, Kino recalls that they stopped at a hermitage when running low on fuel and they found a young caretaker caring for a wise old man who's just like living in the basement like just like this ramp like damp drab cave uh kino's like yo how are you like why are you living like this why how are you so wise and Hermes is like really rude about it but <laughs> the guy's like i've uh i'm just chilling uh because i got experimented on and the experiments made me really chill uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like a lot of horrific things happened to me but i i'm normal about it uh yeah. and uh a while ago very very yeah. chill experiments that made me yeah. very chill <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he and he's just like for a while he's just like begging around and just like barely getting enough to live on because that's like all he wants and all he needs uh and he meets a hypnotist who's like i could fix this for you but it'd be funnier if i gave you like a fucked up puzzle for it instead uh and so he 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 implants the suggestion to be able to like return him to like a normal person with like a normal personality and normal needs and wants uh and then he puts the what that what that uh suggestion is in a bottle and just chucks it and despite not like needing or wanting anything, the dude just stands up and just like starts moving through countries and following the way the bottle drifts. And people just start going like, "Wow, that guy's so wise. He's so normal. <laughs> he's so he he's so chill." Uh, <laughs> uh, and Kino, um, uh, Kino brings up something called the True Blue Sky, which is like. Oh, uh, everyone has like their own interpretation of the sky, and like, or uh, no one knows like what like the like absolute like truth or like absolute way of like being is. Uh, and the man goes, uh, that makes the man go insane. It makes him become not chill. He just goes, ah, fuck. Uh, caretaker manages to calm him down and explains that she is a successful procedure that made her normal. And left her able to, like, work and, like, she's basically there to make sure that the old man doesn't, like, go go back on his, like, uh, programming and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's and, not really clear. I don't know if it makes, yeah. full, like, it's full sense why she's there. No. It's other yeah, than just, no. like, oh, they still, they think he's dangerous for some reason, but 
for 50 years like I, it's been, like, like i think it's like reference that like oh he was like a criminal before this happened or something or like not a yeah. criminal but like like someone dangerous and that this left him like not dangerous but they're like oh if he figures out how if he like ends up dangerous again we need someone to keep him normal or whatever this, this yeah, procedure like, is like very specifically a, a clockwork orange kind of thing of like we're gonna yeah, hold yeah, your yeah, eyes yeah, open yeah, and yeah. show you something so that you're <laughs> you'll lose it erases your self consciousness and then you won't desire anything and so you won't commit crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they like yeah, hold yeah, your yeah. eyelids open and make you watch the entire Fast and Furious franchise back to back to back, <laughs> and then after that you're just an empty shell. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, Kino and Hermes are, like, back on the road, and Kino's like, hey, you're kind of like that guy, because you're just, you're just always, like, moving on, and, you know, you're chill, and Kino's like, well, I, I'm actually, I'm always thinking about stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm living, I'm consciously living my life. I'm not, I'm not just, like, chilling and, like, making do. I, uh, you know, Kino's enjoying themselves. Kino's living, living their truth. Yeah. And that's that's the episode. I think it's good. Yeah, this is a a wild episode because it just has so many. It's like a lot. threads that are yeah. yeah 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 yeah. This is the one where I like really just had to write my own synopses because the the Wikipedia one was garbage. <laughs> it's in, it's absurdly bad. I I I watched the episodes like right after we recorded the last one so i was a little bit blurry on him so i like checked the wikipedia synopsis and i was like oh god this is nothing i, I this is not helpful <laughs> at all um the uh the thing i guess uh i i really have like um one main takeaway from this um or I, i'm gonna focus on like the the tale of the wise man um this is another one where it feels like a thematic pair um, where we have like uh, to the previous episode uh, where the experiment is like, um, well, the framing is like, oh, well, there was a society where um, there was a lot of crime and strife um, and they were trying to figure out like, what is the root of like strife? Oh. And they decided that it was like, self-consciousness um which um i don't know what like that translates into self-consciousness here um this is a moment where that feels probably so probably significant um yeah because the like terminology is is really loaded um but uh yeah like so the the problem here is that um his self-consciousness is erased. Like the way self-consciousness is constructed in this episode is complex and interesting. Um, but for the man, like it removes his motivation so he can't work anymore. Um, so now like, Oh, well now he's totally useless. Um, because the, the whole goal is just to like have people who will just like follow the rules and not commit crimes, but like still work hard and be productive. Um, but, uh, I think this, for me, it touches on, um, this is like a little bit arcane, um, but it reminded me of the, this concept in, uh, Rousseau, um, where he talks about, um, 
like, I mean, so Russo's work is dealing with like the same problem um, of like tensions between individuals, um, like how, uh, how to construct um, a society that's just um, where uh, individuals can live like in balance with one another um, and not have like uh, this, you know, excessive strife or like uh, excessive, like destructive um, violence. Um, and he has this idea of amor propra, which is like self-love. Uh, but it's specifically a kind of like outward facing uh, self-love where it relates to um, a person's like social self-image. Um, and so it, it uh, incorporates like ideas of like pride and um, status and uh, like embarrassment um, or like um, achievement. Uh, and this is like, simultaneously uh in Rousseau's thought um a motivator that drives people to uh like tr- go out and achieve and try to like um you know be productive or create things um and uh you like make these achievements in society um but simultaneously like uh one of the more most destructive forces uh, in, uh, like human social consciousness. Uh, so this just like, I enjoyed this episode because it really felt like, uh, it was engaging with this in the sense of like, oh, well, if we just like, uh, knock out, uh, like social self-consciousness, then of course, like, uh, or like, well, what happens? Um, And I think we see this as like uh, another distortion Um, and like similar to Kino's homeland. um, Yeah. And like these other type of um, like regimes that we've seen that somehow want to like act on um, human consciousness uh, in a, uh, want to like distort human consciousness somehow um, or um, like suppress a certain element of it mm. um, that these like approaches are, are somehow fundamentally um, ineffective or uh, inhumane uh, or and immoral. Um, and, uh, and then we, I, I think the ending uh, with the because you know the ending uh, reveals that the caretaker uh, is the perfected version of this. So she is like they figured out how to do this procedure in a way that doesn't eliminate the uh, motivation to work. Um, hmm. So the apparent downside of this procedure is now um, they've overcome it. Um, but the end result is just like this girl who, uh, doesn't care about herself at all and is ready to kill this, (laughs) to kill this man for no reason, um, at like an arbitrary moment, uh, 
but then, uh, of course, at the end, we get uh, her refusal to do that, uh, suggesting that this procedure might not be like as um, irreversible or uh, imper or uh, perfect as um, as its build. Um, so uh, a kind of like interestingly optimistic uh, ending here, uh, kind of like suggesting, oh yeah, you know, if you try to do this. Um, there's something like fundamentally unjust about about this or wrong, mm-hmm. um, but also it's not like this form of oppression ultimately is not even possible um, because of what humanity is. Yeah, <clears throat> um, I do think you brought this up while you were talking, and I think it's interesting too is that like there are multiple connections to the the episode where we get, um, you know the the country that Kino is from um and the procedure there and stuff because we we get the like direct here's what happened immediately after with Kino being saved by uh the master and that kind of stuff um but then that leads immediately into the story about somebody who underwent some sort of procedure um that is specifically like the the fail his failure as a, a test subject um was that it like he could not work. Uh, and that's what like generated this, uh, wise man who is wandering around through countries. And it is in that way, uh, Erme says similar to Kino. Although again, like Kino is doing it in this like conscious way rather than, um, like is like very, I, I think like intent is sort of coming into this in a way that like the wise man wasn't really intending to journey in the way that Kino is. Um, that Kino is like more actively choosing this life. Uh, but then the, the other thing that comes about is like the successful procedure, um, which seems honestly fairly similar to like the procedure happening in, in like, I don't think that this is, is, uh, literally stating that like this wise man's from the same country as Kino. But I think, uh, it's so easy to also imagine how that could be true that like, the procedure that, uh, you know, the, the caretaker of the wise man went through is basically just the one that, that like, they just decide everyone's getting it now or something. Um, yeah, it, like, I, I think there's those connections being drawn with Kino's past, uh, throughout this episode that makes it really good and interesting to me. Um, and then again, like situates Kino as, uh, different in that they're, actively choosing this kind of like uh seeming aimlessness uh but with like the the purpose of oh i'm traveling around this is like this is what my aim is um yeah like i'm intentionally journey journeying to journey um as yeah as like an intentional uh or like a an end in of itself as opposed to like uh, without like a goal that's being chased as opposed to like the wise man who's chasing the bottle. <laughs> um, and they're like, but uh, in, in a way that kind of in this ambiguous space of like uh, the way he describes it is, is almost like not intentional, but automatic. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I do think that's like the, a, the crux of the episode is that parallel. And then the, the idea of like, um, 
Kino's like consciousness, um, and like what that means for for the journey, uh, uh, for Kino's journey. I also just <laughs> <laughs> shut up. I'm gonna keep doing that. Um, that's like I th- I did that earlier. I didn't mean to. Yeah. That time. This yeah. time I did. <laughs> uh, I, I could hear it. I could hear it in the way you said it. Yeah. There was an intentionality. Yeah. There was an aim to it. Yeah, there, there was, was like a pause. Like it was like a like a movie trailer type of type of weight to it. Yeah, I wasn't just like my feet weren't just like my mouth wasn't. It wasn't just moving in that direction on its own. Um, it it uh, was yeah. I I moved it. Um, I do think it's like it's it's very funny to me that this wise man's like, yeah, I've been like chasing this bottle all of my life. There's like a bunch of bottles. And then like, you know, the hypnotist said, if I found the only true words in the world, then I would like recall what he said to me. Um, and then I would know as well. Uh, and then Kino is just like, Oh, the only true words in the world. Like that just seems like a true blue sky. Like it doesn't really exist. Like uh-huh. you can't, you can't say that one sky is the true blue sky because there's just so many different blue skies and they're all blue skies. Uh, and the old man's yeah. just like, oh no, I've wasted my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we're like, oh, this guy is devastated. Like he's just, yeah. you know, uh, he was, all all, he was like, never normal. That's the reveal. <laughs> yeah. Like all of this has come back. His whole life is a lie. Like it's all come rushing back and you know, yeah, there's nothing yeah, he can yeah. do about it. Blah, blah. And then it's like, 30 minutes later, like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he feels He's better. just like that. I, I calmed him down. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gave him, I gave him a glass of warm milk and he feels good now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time I go insane and become mentally ill, a glass of warm milk just makes me <laughs> <all> again. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Um, intervention number one, glass of warm milk. Step one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. To everyone out there, um, always always have that on hand um, in case your your worldview gets shattered. Um, all right, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Episode twelve. <laughs> I I want to ask uh, Kim, how did you feel yeah, about yeah. the only appearance of the master being this like very short <laughs> part? It's ki- it kicks ass. Are you are you kidding? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> It's um, so good. I, I okay. I I'm like I I really adore like Boogie Pop and others, like the series of light novels. And a lot of the focus of those novels is Boogie Pop kind of shows up for a minute, says something mysterious, and then disappears again. So this is like this is like candy to me. They're like the, yeah. like the like it it's it's so cool when someone extremely cool and competent shows up says something mysterious and there's a line that's like oh yeah and this changed my life or whatever and that's not elucidated upon at all yeah <laughs> um it was very funny to me because uh you know Connor, you latched on to the master getting like mentioned early on uh, in like episode one or two or whatever. And me having seen this before, but not having read the, the light novels where I would have like fully latched on to this character is going to recur in episode 11 for like a second. I was just like, I don't think the master comes up again at all. And so then when, when she very briefly shows up in the middle of a bunch of stories that Kino's telling in the first half of an episode, I laughed so hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> being like, this is the only time that we're going to learn about the master. It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. It was especially funny to me um, knowing that like there's so much more like context in the late novels. Like there's so much more stuff like from our prior conversation. Yeah. Um, I know there's so much more stuff around the master. Uh, like there's that whole narrative arc of like Kino's training or whatever with the master. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that like the choice in the series to just be like, Oh, we're just going to take like a, you know, 15 second snippet of this, like the, the choice to include it, but then to only include it as like a passing reference is hilarious. Oh, yeah. uh, something else in the novels. She's like way younger. She, she looks like she's like 20 something. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like her design's cool, but like way, way different looking like, uh, womp. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Yeah. yeah, that's that's a lot different. <laughs> she she's just like a, a cool grandma <laughs> in the show. I think, yeah, the show. I think if this design character showed up in the show, less impressed. it would have been. No, wow. no, I just like somehow I feel like this this character is like too interesting. In their design. <laughs> yeah. It would have been too much. You can't just like introduce this character in like with everything else that's happening. Like, oh yeah, this is the master. And like, you can't get away with just like having this character come in and then be yeah, gone. It's like a starkly and, like, different vibe. It, it, it works like in the novels pretty well when like the master gets mentioned. And it's like, I don't know, just like picturing this. Like, it, it works pretty well. But also like, like I, 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 I hadn't seen the show before. It's so, like, oh. She's a grandma on this. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a very cool change. It's maybe one of my favorite things that's been changed in the show. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I do that? like the grandma master. It's just a totally different vibe. It's it, yeah, yeah. It's like completely. I, I do think you see the, the like light novel master and she's like, so much younger and you're just like damn i want to like i want to see her going on adventures now yeah whereas you see this grandma and you're just like oh she's yeah, been I on would, adventures yeah she's been on adventures and i would believe that the things she's going the, to do is the, the just tone, like <laughs> yeah the tone feels like way different when it's like oh be careful not to lose your life and it's like oh you're like an old an old person who's like sur- survived a long time like telling me to like live live a long life or whatever and then if you if this like fucking like teen tells you like hey don't die idiot it, it, the, to- <laughs> yeah. the vibe the vibe's just a bit different yeah uh, for sure this character is like this character shows up in the anime and you're like okay this is a whole protagonist here yeah like, this is a protagonist you yeah. can just get rid of this character like and and not be have it be really jarring mm-hmm. yeah whereas yeah, grandma absolutely. shows up and you're just like this is a mentor uh yeah. all she has left in her life is to is to like teach some kids how to shoot a gun um get, get a get a kid some gender affirming clothing yeah yeah um and gender affirming gun <laughs> gender affirming gun <laughs> Um, already has the gender affirming motor motor yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um 
do, do you all want to talk about the master more? Should we go on? No, I'm, I'm upset. Yeah, we, we can move on to okay. episode 12. I, I think we'll have another chance in episode 13 if, if we want to. Um, so episode 12, uh, A Peaceful Land. Um, title 2, Mother's Love. Um, two very uh, significant titles here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, in this episode, um, Kino and Hermes uh, visit Veldaval a land that prides itself on being a peaceful nation. Um, and we know it's peaceful right away because um, they let, they like have no problem at all with Kino bringing their guns in. Mm-hmm. Um, first, first sign of a peaceful nation. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, however, abandoned military equipment litters the streets and an army is training on the outskirts of town uh, for a war. It is revealed that uh, they're training for a war that will be held on the following day. Uh, curious about these contradictions, Kino visits the Museum of National History, uh, and which everyone in the town is just like, "That's you like gotta, this is like the, check the place to be." Yeah, yeah, this is the place to be. Um, learns from the curator that Veldaval, uh finally found a solution 15 years ago uh, to its uh, like endemic uh, warfare, uh, specifically this ongoing civil war with the. Uh, neighboring nation, uh, real Sumia, uh, which had been going on for 192 years. So 192 year war, uh, they finally solved it 15 years ago. Um, but well, they run out of time for the day. Uh, so Kino is just going to have to come back for, to, to get the, the reveal of how they, uh, ended it. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, the next day, Kino is escorted by a guide to the outskirts of the country uh, where Kino witnesses the solution uh, in which both armies massacre uh, a less technologically developed village of defenseless uh, people called uh, Tatatans nearby um, in which the army causing the most Tatatan casualties is declared the winner. Um, So it's, it's like displacement of war into sport, but then it's still war. Um, yeah. Because they're they're massacring people. Yeah. Um, uh, Kino then returns to the museum, uh, where the curator explains that it was partially her idea uh, to establish this annual uh, quote unquote war to achieve uh, sacrificial peace between uh, Veldaval and Vesumia after she lost her husband and four sons in the old war. Uh, when Kino challenges this idea of peace, the curator says that. Um, all wars have sacrifices, but they should not be our own children. Um, and uh, moreover, justifies it by saying, um, offering this image of humanity uh, where she's basically like, you know, humans just have this inherent, destructive, violent uh, ur- urges that need to be uh, vented somehow. Um, and the only way to do that is, you know. Mm through just like collective violence against some other group of people. Um, so we just like, this is, this is the way, um, we just choose, choose our enemy, um, choose a weaker enemy. Um, and, uh, moreover, uh, completes this, uh, argument by saying that Kino will understand, uh, when they are older and pregnant, uh, I hate this lady so much. Uh huh. Um, Yeah. This, uh, 
I, I think we'll have a good discussion about this episode. Uh, as Kino and Hermes leave the country, they are surrounded by vengeful uh, Tatatans who want to kill Kino because they cannot get revenge uh, on the citizens of, of Veldaval and Vilsumia. Um, they obviously can't uh, fight either of the nations. They're at an extreme disadvantage. Um, so uh, they want to, um, you know, basically pick on wh- whoever they can. Um, and then uh, Kino in self-defense um, shoots one of the Tatatans and the Tatatans uh, disperse. Um remembering uh the the trauma of the these massacres um afraid of the gun and uh yeah. re- remembering because of the gun um the trauma of these uh massacres uh to to Kino's uh dismay uh and that's the end of the episode yeah um this curator curator lady sucks. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> just All right. Like, episode 13. Yeah. Just like, yeah. uh, genocide is inherent to humanity. We must commit it in order to, to have peace. Uh, cause I don't want my children to die. And you're just going to understand this when, let me misgender you real quick. Uh, you grow up and you have kids, um, which is just what I'm assuming you, a person who's devoted your entire life to traveling, is going to happen in your life. Uh, I'm just, just like, ah. Yeah. You know, did okay. you miss the part where I'm like, kind of, I got like a gender queer thing I've like, going I, on? I, I, I've got like non-binary swag coming off me, like, <laughs> like an aura. Like, could you like yeah. sense it or no? The master hooked me up with testosterone, so like, <laughs> uh, things aren't really working down there. Um, <laughs> um yeah this uh, this episode is is a tough one because it's so it's so brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I th- this, I this think- was what this was what I was always I was like really like rolling over in my head in the in the light novel too. I was like, ooh. <laughs> this this one's like sandwiched between like a way less heavy ones and a way that's like so weird. Yeah, As, is yeah, it? Yeah, is it similar? Is it more or less similar in the light novel? It's it, honestly, this is like a really straightforward adaptation of it. Like this is like basically the exact. I think the the one part of this like this episode that sits weird for me is the. The sort of coda here with the the Tatatans who like almost like supporting to some degree the curator's arguments are like, well, we want to get revenge and we can't against like the actual people who are hurting us. And so we are like it is like in humanity's nature that we still want to like hurt because we've been hurt. Um, And so we're going to kill you, traveler. And we've killed like previous travelers. Um, And Kino has to kill one of them in order to like survive. Um, yeah, that's a, I, I feel like I would like that. That code is my least favorite part of this episode. Um, just because of the way that, um, man, you don't need to like immediately show that the, the people who are being genocided for, uh, like weird idea of peace that, uh, this like extreme weird racist, uh, 
curator has developed are like also just going to go out and kill people, but not even the people who deserve it. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, this, this episode is like on one hand, it's um, what's well, a similar dynamic to, to what I was saying earlier, where um, we have this like immediate critique, which I think is the, um, it, it is actually uh, interesting and, and incisive um, where we're looking at the like uh, Veldaval and the way the society is constructed and how this like regime of like um, racism and like na- nationalism uh, yeah. and then like the state violence is like constructed. Mm-hmm. Uh and then, um, so I think that's interesting, but then it, it has this like other component, uh, where it, it kind of zooms out and it's looking at, um, like cycles of violence and like collective violence, um, between uh, like groups of people. Um, and then linking that to like this continuing, like ongoing critique of Kino's violence, um, and complicity uh so it's this like larger there are these larger questions about violence that are more difficult um that are led into by this really incisive um like takedown of Veldaval. um and i think that when taken together it's there's almost a circularity to this episode um, that I find fascinating where uh, it opens with Kino uh, having this dialogue with Hermes uh, where they have this interesting line about uh, maybe I'm a terribly dirty human being. um, But at times where I think that I perceive how beautiful the world is um, this kind of like ambivalence about um, well, Kino's self-reflection uh, about their uh, position in in relation to humanity, um, which we've discussed at length, um, kind of like the potentially fraught nature of that. Um, but then also, like I think, what is implied here, and then we it later made explicit, is that like their own violence, I think, is part of this re- reflection. Yeah, their sense of being like a dirty human being somehow. Um, and then we get Veldaval, which is like um, kind of this classic, like fascist uh, regime um, where, uh, you know, we have this massacre scene where the patriotic music is like playing over the scene of the massacre. Um, yeah. And, you know, strongly also- conveying. Oh, go ahead. I think there's also like a, a critique of like um, the like we had this big World War Two where there was a lot of like actual fighting between nations and now so much of war is geared towards like the U.S. and other countries yeah having very asymmetrical war against like you know quote unquote third world countries in order to 
like extract resources from them. And so the, this is like doing it in a far more direct way, but there is a certain amount to which like the country that is able to like wage the most asymmetrical war is going to get the most like resources from these other countries. Um, that, you know, American warfare today is not honestly too dissimilar from what's being depicted here, except yeah. in the way that it is like further obfuscated from, um, normal citizen understanding of what's happening. Whereas like here it is more explicit. Uh, this is like the, everyone in the, the, uh, country is like fully aware of like, we are going to go out to war with, uh, and war means that we just like attack this other country to decide who wins this time. Um, but you know, the, as always, Kino is like sort of abstracting and um, making more explicit some of these these things that exist in like actual society um, <clears throat> but then that's the the part where um, I think some of the ways that the the stuff with the the tatatans plays out at the end uh, like I almost expected it to be especially the first time I watched it being like oh we have we know that we can't like actually win and yet like we still feel this sense that we need to like fight back or or get revenge yeah. and so like we've devised like a a simple explosive and we're going to try and smuggle it in or something um and like blow up something uh in a way that's like far more direct to the the way that this asymmetrical warfare plays out um but yeah, I, I do think you're right, Connor, that this is like then trying to tie it into uh, Kino's violence. But I think in doing it, it's like, it's sort of mixing up how it's talking about violence in a way where n not all of it lands perfectly for me. Or like, yeah, land, uh, yeah it, it feels like in some ways it is like embracing things about uh, like what the curator says about humanity um that i just think it would be it would be interesting to push back against more in in the way that um in a way that could still complicate like kino's relationship to violence um yeah i i think there's something about this episode yeah that i mean that really like hits to the core of it um i i still feel like there's something about this episode where is it the case that, um, well, let me rephrase it. Um, it, it might be the case in this episode that like the specific construct of like Veldeval, Veldeval's violence and how it's enacted has like specific consequences. Um, like this type of construct of violence like creates a cycle it like feeds into or creates a cycle of violence and oppression that has certain characteristics um that are like specific to that um that the tatatans like in this world are like caught up in um and that it's not like this aspect of the of the episode is not necessarily a generalized statement about like Oh, this is just how like human violence happens, um, period. But instead, like a more specific, and I, I think you're actually, um, I think you you make a very good point about tying this to like you know 21st century warfare, 
um, which I, I hadn't like thought about explicitly. Um, but yeah, it might not be that like, oh, this is just a generalized like viewing of a uh, viewpoint of human violence itself. Um, but instead like a more specific critique of, um, like this type of, uh, this construct, uh, of violence, like between nations and like, it, and the consequences of it. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I um, I think some of it too is like, I guess also the, the framing of some of the stuff would, would also work a little bit more if there was something about it specifically being like, cause, cause they're killing travelers, but it's kind of just, it's not really made clear, but in a way that I think makes sense for what's happening of being like, we, we can't like attack and kill people from this country. But when, when people are leaving, whether they, uh, whether they're like from that country and they're traveling or it's just a traveler who passed through, like we still feel that you have some complicit, uh, like you were in Complicity. some way complicit because you, you went and stayed there and like benefited from like the things that they have, um, in a way that's still not necessarily like the people who, who are most deserving of this violence. Um, and I think some of that is like suggested, but I wish it w- that was maybe more explored clear. a little or yeah, yeah, made yeah, more yeah. clear too. Um, cause, cause I think all of that like situates that more in terms of like an actual response that they are having to the violence done against them. Um, in a way that it's like less doing this like pure, we have to get revenge. And so we're going to like commit violence on basically anyone that we can, um, regardless of their like relationship to the, you know, this nation. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. how some of it is kind of framed in this. Um, yeah. It's not just like a, a flattening, like, Oh yeah. Some like civilizations are stronger than others. And like every civilization is like committing violence against, you know, the one that's weaker than it. And that's just how the world works. Like, and there's no yeah. moral, uh, <laughs> like it, it, there's, there's like no uh, moral issue with this. This is just like, you know, we're all doing the same thing type of like idea. Um, yeah. Which I, I think like you're saying, I mean, um, I think you could get that reading from this episode, but I, I, I think it's one that the episode is like holding out as a, um, it, like as something that you need to get past. Um, yeah. Uh, or like holding out as like the, the wrong, um, takeaway. Um, the, the other, uh, thing in this episode that just like hit me and I was like, Oh wow. Um, that's that's really powerful was the uh the curator's final conversation with kino uh where she says you'll understand once you become pregnant and feel the warmth of your child um and i was like holy shit this episode is showing how gender norms are like a fundamental part of the construct of state violence um (laughs) (laughs) and like how like idea uh like ideas of like motherhood um, and like gender can become like a can and often are uh, 
like historically uh, a key part of these like uh types of regimes um, yeah the fact that that came up uh and in such a prominent uh like at such a prominent juncture i was like oh shit um this episode is like th- that was a high point um yeah. of the episode for me um yeah god she sucks so much <laughs> yeah she does but she's such a perfect like figure for this yeah. whole thing um yeah anyway yeah, it's so much um, better to have a, a mom who's like, I lost my sons, and so I'm going to like commit genocide than uh, having it just be like, and some smart guy came up with this idea. <laughs> um, you know? Yeah. She's like the perfect, like, you know, Nazi mom, where it's like, yeah. oh, yes. yeah, you know, we need to like, like, the, the role of the mother is this, like, you know, conservative, like, protect your children and have more children and then make the nation strong. And like, so that your children don't die, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, geez. Uh, uh, anyway, do y'all want to go to episode 13? Yeah. Um, are you good with that, Kim? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, before I get into this, I'll just say I got like to the end of this episode and I was crying. This episode always makes me cry. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty depressing. This yeah. one's really good. But, uh, uh. uh, so it's called A Kind Land. And then, uh, ominously, Tomorrow Never Comes. I love that James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. When Kino hears of a land where travelers are shunned, they decide to visit anyway and experience the people's attitude for themselves. Uh, To their surprise, when Kino says that they'll only stay for three days, the inhabitants become extremely friendly and welcoming. They are kind of like off-puttish at first, and then they're like, oh, three days? Yeah, come on in. Like, you know, uh, Mikasa Asukasa. Like, come on, join us. Um... And so uh, Kino soon made to feel at home among them and makes friends with uh, Sakura or Lily in the dub, um, a girl whose parents own an inexpensive hotel. Uh, and we get a bunch of like parallel. There, there are points here where I'm like, they, man, they're just like doing the episode or whatever. Like, yeah, no, this is just like, oh, the cycle continues. Yeah. Asterisk. So much like uh, Kino as a child, uh, Sakura shares with Kino's dead name uh, this idea that it's the name of a flower, but it can be made into insults by changing a letter. Um, So in Japanese, uh, Sakura is uh, turned into Nekra, which means gloomy, or Okra, which uh, this one I think is particularly clever because normally putting O might be like a sort of honor thing, but it just makes it into Okra, the, the... uh, vegetable. Um, I think, I think Lily gets turned into like silly Willie or something in the dub. Um, anyway. Uh, and on also Sakura's parents, like very closely resemble Kino's, um, in a way where you could even see this being like, is this just like, there was a moment when I was first watching this series long ago, uh, when I was like, did Kino just like accidentally go home? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is like their parents' new kid, 
Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and now, like, Kido's home country hates travelers. Is like, notorious for hating travelers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that for a second, too. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Sakura's great. Uh, very charming in this episode. Um, and guides Kino around the country, uh, including taking to her grandpa is what uh, Sakura says, which, um, as a note, is one of those terms that, like, might just be used to talk about a, an old man respectfully or could actually be Sakura's grandpa. Um, but he fixes up Kino's gun, uh, also has this hunch that it previously, uh, previously belonged to the master. Uh, Kino's like, no, nope, uh, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, and grandpa's like, Mm, I think I do. I'm going to give you this other gun called person of the forest. Uh, so this must happen fairly early on too. Cause there's a, there's a moment. Um, I think it's in the, the one with the, the killing rabbits where, yeah. where we, uh, get that name person of the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is sort of placing it before some of those where we've seen Kino with, uh, two, two pistols. Um, anyway, uh, Sakura's parents are, unlike Kino's, very supportive and are like, hey, here's this, like, traveler. That seems nice. Do you want to, do you want to go on a journey? Um, and Sakura thinks on it and then she's like, no, I actually do want to stay in the country. Um, I want to, like, take over the inn. I want to become a tour guide, uh, to travelers. Uh, Kino's like, you're already a great tour guide. Um, and uh everyone's just like very excited to have this traveler kino here um and so uh they get invited to a wedding ceremony uh it's a very young uh un- uncharacteristically they they say for the country young bride and groom um and uh at the end of the wedding ceremony there's this like tradition where they throw little packets of seeds and if, i think it's like if you catch it and then you wake up the next morning holding it then like you'll be the next to get married um, and Sakura's like, I never had good luck catching the seeds. And Kino's like, well, I've always been lucky and goes and catches a packet, um, for Sakura. Um, soon after this, Kino's like, you know what? This country's pretty great. It reminds me a lot of home, but like, uh, supportive and loving in the way that my home never was. Uh, I, I would be happy staying here more than three days. And as soon as they say this, all the citizens are like, no, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm um, sorry, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't. Get the fuck out. Uh, Kino's like, okay, okay. I I will... I uncharacteristically decided that I wanted to stay more than three days. Uh, but fine, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave tomorrow. And they're like, oh, that's so great. Uh, here, have some more parting gifts. Uh, here's some letters. Uh, here's the safe roads out of the, the country. Make sure you take these roads. Don't take these roads. Uh, make sure you go like this distance. Um, and uh, Kino leaves. Uh, or I guess it's the, this is the morning and leaves in the evening. Um, basically, they are camped out and then watch in horror as a pyroclastic flow, uh, a volcano erupts in the, the, uh, you know, molten yeah, lava, pours all over. Lava, lava. Yeah. Um, and it just engulfs the land. Um, Kino then, uh, reads the letter that was given to them by Sakura's parents where they're like, we knew this was coming. Um, but, 
you know, I think explains that like they were, they used to be really mean to travelers when they found out that, uh, this volcano was coming. They were like, man, we don't want to just be known as the country that was really mean to travelers. Next time a traveler comes along, we should be really nice. And then nobody came for a really long time. And then you came, um, we were like, we don't want you to die, but you said you were going to leave in three days. And we're like, Oh good. Cause we're going to die in three days. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one other, um, the one other detail is, that like the the people of the country were like persecuted, like forced out of like oh the yeah part, the country where they like originally from, and were like wanderers for a long time, um, and then finally like settled here, um, and like built this uh, country, um, yeah, and then like that that's part of why they they don't want to leave, um, yeah. So yeah, um, and uh, they also. Uh, forget or ask uh, Kino to forgive them for uh, selfishly not telling their children uh, because they wanted to, to take their kids with them. Although we, of course, saw earlier in this episode um, them That's providing exactly an out. Yeah, yeah, providing an out yeah. to Sakura. Um, anyway, Kino is very distraught, but then opens another gift. Uh, this one was from Sakura. It contains the seeds as well as another letter. Um, and that letter suggests, uh, that she knew that the end was coming. Um, you know, her parents may not have told her, but she figured it. Kids are smart. Kids are smart. They know when shit's up. Um, they know what's going on. And so Sakura knew, uh, but chose to stay with her family as well. Um, and so like made that decision not to leave and travel very intentionally knowing what was going to happen. Um, and that's the end. And it's really sad. Uh, I cried a lot when I watched it. Um, especially in the, the ways that like having this queer reading of Kino, just the, like, even before it gets to everybody dies, there's also just this like pang of, um, how much this is like Kino's childhood, but like supportive and fine yeah. and normal in a way that yeah, like yeah, Kino yeah. didn't get the just as a queer person, fucking sad, like heartbreaking it's, to see. It's, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I just imagine going to like a, going and hanging out with someone and being like, oh, damn, this is like if my childhood was normal and happy. Um, and then you decide to just like still be a part of society and, you know, uh-huh. be a girl who's going to take over the, the, uh, family in and everything, like all the shit that I didn't want because of what my childhood was like. Um, and then you just leave and they die. It's fucking rough. <laughs> I love this episode though. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah. Um, this was, a. this episode is so jarring when you like, or at least for me, like watching it the first time, it was it was shocking. Um, and then the series is just over. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Like, you just end like the series on this. Um, how, how do I even feel? Um, but I think this is a, a really amazing final episode. Um, for like 
uh, on almost every level. Um, it's so like it, it's so like rich um, and complex and uh, like from an emotional standpoint, um, from a thematic standpoint, um, and and then like tonally as well. Um, and there's something that's just like. I don't know if I can put it into words very well, um, but the way it, it feels like incomplete um, and it feels like the um, like such an abrupt ending with so much left unresolved um, that there's also like it, it almost like engenders a, a kind of like longing it, oh, like for me, I felt like a vague longing. I didn't even know what for. <laughs> um, yeah. When like this, when this episode ended, where I was just like, it's not even like I wanted something specific or I wanted something more. Knew what I wanted. Um, it was just that feeling of like, um, just like raw yearning, and um like sitting with just like this ambiguity um and it like in the the way that it does that so powerfully um i think it's such a um remarkable like final episode for this series and like all yeah. the stuff that's happening in this series yeah it, it it feels like such a incomplete ending but also like this is just the episode you have to end it on like this is the correct one to end it on. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think like, um, to like dig into some of the thematic, um, like the culmination of some of these like themes here. Um, so we were talking earlier about how there is this arc of Kino, um, getting increasingly attached to the countries on their journey. Um, and here, like Kino's conviction to not get involved or not get attached or settle down is like, it's kind of gradually eroding. Um, and then they almost, they're like, they want to stay longer. Um, but I think contained within that is like, Oh, this could be home. Um, and there was like a genuine emotional, like, uh, connection and investment, um, that like exists here. Um, but then like the result of this is like, um, obviously emotionally catastrophic, um, because, you know, everyone dies and the country's destroyed, um, and so it raises this question of like, oh, is this just affirming like Kino's lifestyle? Um, like, oh yeah, this is why you shouldn't get attached. Um, because like, look, you know, like, you know, you went against your principles and, um, you like let yourself get attached and like, then you got punished for it. Um, or is it something else? Um, and like, yeah, obviously, I, I think it, <laughs> I think it's something else. Um, there's like 
so um with all of these vignettes like the structure of this series is obviously kino like visiting these different countries and there's something wrong with all of them um (laughs) it's like this it it is like a, a in a way um Oh, it's very similar to a work of political philosophy or like is itself a work of political philosophy um, where it's doing these thought experiments and doing these analyses of these various societies. Um, And, um, but like another way of thinking about this is like the conditions that enable people to live together or what conditions they should live together under. Um, And uh here it's like we finally arrive at this society that's perfect um quote unquote perfect but it's immediately destroyed um and this is like utopia basically um at the end of like the political philosophy thought experiment we have this like okay well let's envision the utopia and then see if that works um but obviously like it gets destroyed um so is this like a pessimism where it's like, oh yeah, the whole point here is that utopia can't exist. Um, like, and so we're just going to illustrate that with the, the vol- volcanic eruption. Um, or um, can this only be a utopia um, because it's like everyone knows it's uh, finite Um they're like, oh yeah, we can have this be a utopia for three days, um, because we know we're all going to die. Um, like, on one hand, like I think this pessimism is, um, is like operating. Um, that like utopia is not a reproducible or sustainable mood. Um, but I I also think that um, there's something optimistic in this as well um where if you actually look at um the like sentiment of the people and why they're acting this way um like the enabling conditions of utopia um it's the citizens like sharing an an ethical vision um for their society and its posterity like specifically um everyone being uh concerned with like justice um specifically like justice for past wrongs like the treatment of um the travelers that have been there previously um and then how that ties into their own history as a people and how they were wronged um and uh in this moment they have like a collective commitment and vision um for like justice um and moreover, like this tying into like the legacy of their society. So they're thinking about like the meaning of, um, they're like explicitly thinking about the meaning of their society, um, and like creating a, a just, um, society, even if it is for like, um, a brief time. Um, and then like, so we have this collective orientation towards an ethical goal. Um, but we also see like within this like larger collective orientation, um, there's still individual freedom. Um, so Sakura, like for instance, has the ability to leave, um, which is contrasted to, to Kino's childhood. 
Um, so it's not just like an oppressive, uh, enforced, like, um, ethical ideal. Um, it's, uh, it's somehow like, um, this, this other, this other model. Um, and I think, uh, even though like this ends in tragedy, um, like, you know, obviously the, the civilization is destroyed. Um, I don't, I don't think the point is that like it can't exist at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like a significant moment where like, oh, these people like realize the utopia because of their unique situation. Um, and like, yes, for them, like it is not sustainable because like, you know, they're like fated to be destroyed. But it's still like seeing this society, like seeing this realization, even though it's like this fleeting thing, um, gives us a model, um, of like, like a guidepost, basically. Um, and, and that's why I think it's really important, um, in relation to this theme that this is the last episode because this is the last society that we see. Um, and so we're given this model and that's what we're left with. Um, and this is like, um, I I think that's, that's for a reason. Um, so, uh, to me, there's like a, a really poignant, um, something really powerful and poignant about this. Um, especially when I think about like this concept that, um, the idea of utopia as being like always not yet um, that we've talked about on, on this podcast before um, where it involves like a striving. Um, I think this series is engaging directly with that and acknowledging that um, while also like um, offering up uh, a, uh, a conviction that, uh, that it is possible like this very affirmative like vision um to me and that's that's my takeaway um from this ending uh at least yeah well and like i think in addition to that part of what's interesting about this as well as how um i think compared to some of the other stuff that it is really it is doing this like political philosophy mode of doing thought experiments but uh Kino is so much more of a like observer is the, is the like from that perspective, kind of the, the person who is thinking through the thought experiment for like the purpose of the, the philosophical text or whatever. Um, in this one, it is so much more personal and um, there, there's so much less about like, uh, like Kino gives in to the, the country in a way that they don't to other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've seen like them grow attached to some countries, uh, but then still be able to like let themselves leave when the time comes. Um, we've seen them intervene with some countries. Um, but this is the first one where, where it seems like they truly just like the, I, there's some comment 
earlier, even before they're like, maybe I'll stay more than three days. Um, where, uh, I think it's just like talking to Ermes about like, why was there this reputation around this country when they're so nice to, to travelers? Um, and Kino's just like, I don't, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to figure it out anymore. I like, I don't care why it is like this. I just want to like, chill I just out. love I'm, it. I'm enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think the way that this is so specifically tied to images that we've seen from Kino's childhood, um, that in many, like this is a, a utopian vision, but it's very specifically like a utopian vision for Kino. Um, yeah. It, it is very specifically geared towards like the, the, the goal and the arc of this utopian society is to take care of travelers, which is what like Kino is. Um, and the, the, the way that it is doing that is by like providing this like glimpse into like just having like a happy, loving family <laughs> and things. Um, yeah. Having, having, having like a like supportive acceptance family. as part of a social body. Yes. And to like be given the, to be actively given the choice of like, what do you want to do and to be able to choose? Like, I just want to like, like even having being given this choice, I still want to just choose to like do the thing that is like to be a part of the society, to be a part of the family, to be a part of like all the structure of that. Um, In the way that like, when we see uh, Kino's childhood there, there's a certain like active choice to run away, but that is like less, that's less of an immediate, like that's less of a, I can just sit here and ponder what I want to do. It is like, well, I either like, uh, die, or die. It's yeah. Or die. <laughs> yeah. Or I run away. Um, in the way that like, I, I often talk around stuff with queerness or transness of like, there is an active choice that you are making, but also it is like a, a, you're not like, you're not choosing to be trans or whatever, but you are choosing to like take that route in life. Um, there's still like a, an active thing that is happening there, uh, that not everyone chooses to do. Um, and often it is specifically because it's like, if I don't do this, I will like die. (laughs) Um, but there's still something happening there. Uh, whereas this is just like, you fully like you, you are fully allowed to just decide what do you want to be here? Do you want to be a traveler? Uh, what do you want to do? Um, but also some of it is predicated on like, they demand that Kino remains a traveler. Uh, unlike Sakura, Kino is still not allowed to like choose to stay here. Yeah. Um, although it's it's interesting once you get into that, um, if like that is um, because of the like because of the ethical conviction of the like the society to like oh yeah no we can't lock you know to like be killed or whatever. Um, but it's interesting to think about like. Um, that it's not offered to Kino like, Oh, um, if you want to stay here, like you can become part of our society, but also like, this is what it entails. Um, the choice is not, is not given. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it, it uh, is like presented to Kino just as like this like momentary like vision of like peace and happiness, and then it's like you can't, you cannot stay, you cannot stick with this. I'm so sorry, but get out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think it, it casts like Kino's journey in a uh, in a different light. Um, where yeah, especially with the, the acquiring the pistol, situating this like relatively early. Yeah. Um, yeah, like chronologically early, but, uh, you know, last in the series, um, so much of like our discussion of, um, like Kino's journey is about, um, their, uh, like disconnect from any particular society from like the collective, Mm -hmm. uh, from the social body, et cetera. Um, and like, it, and, and at least for me, like that's been the dominant, uh, like paradigm I've been using to think about, um, Kino, uh, and <laughs> again, I'm just going to like go all out with the, the, the puns, um, the dominant paradigm for me thinking about Kino's journey. Um, but this really, um, ca- cast it in a different light in the sense of like, um, maybe Kino's journey is not, uh, uh, about like just this, um, endless, like self-discovery and this terminal state of like, um, disconnectedness and individuality. Um, maybe like Kino as, um, this like, uh, observer in this like philosophical text um, the journey is to find like this utopia where they can actually like settle down um, or where they can actually like belong. Um, yeah. And in that sense, like um, this kind of like not yet um, nature of utopia itself um, is also like reflected in, in Kino's uh, journey um, where Kino is, is constantly on this like, journey of discovery um and learning um and it's it's like always an uh, a journey of not yet but the persistent like the per, uh the persistent and defining like consideration is always like settling down even as they don't do it um that's always like the thing that comes back again and again and again um and uh so that um that felt uh significant to me here um yeah the way that it, it ties these two things together uh do we have any final thoughts on this episode no uh no yeah <laughs> that that's yeah that's pretty comprehensive yeah, yeah. R- rough wanna... episode, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. bittersweet. Yeah, uh, Very much so. Do we want to do the episode zero that um, obviously I watched last because of release order, but I also fully understand why they say, "Yeah, watch this one first before you get into any of the other ones." <laughs> watch episode zero first. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I can do I the actually wasn't... you can, Kim. I wasn't able to watch this episode, so um, yeah, 
I'm just going to admit that. Uh, I, I took the wrong Nya, Nyasi torrent. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, do you want to do the synopsis, Kim, or I can do it? Yeah, no, I got this in the back. Uh, okay. Episode zero, Country of the Tower, Freelance. Uh, Kino and Armies ride into a city featuring a tower that reaches up to the sky. There, Kino meets a boy who does not want to spend his life building the tower, which has been built continuously for 230 years. It is the sole obsessive activity of the population, although nobody seems to know why. One day, the tower begins to crack and crumples to the ground. Rather than being disappointed, the people rejoice about it uh, at being able to see it fall. They immediately commence building a new one. <laughs> it's it's really funny. Uh, uh, the boy the boy like looks at him and is like, Kino, is this is this is this crazy? Kino's like, I don't know, can't say. I'm not God. <laughs> yeah. I'm not God. <laughs> Is, that, is everyone uh, else crazy? Like, Are you crazy? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but if you want to keep building the tower, maybe you could like make it fancier this time. And he's like, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, maybe you I can do it. engravings on the tower. Yeah I'll, uh, yeah, I'll make like flame decals for the tower this time. It'll be so sick. Nice. <laughs> um, one of my favorite little one like moments in this is just the old man being mm. like, I got to see it in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see it grumble. Um, yeah. Awesome. This, 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 this episode's just like fine. It's, yeah. It's, it's just fine. It's like 12 or 13 minutes. It's like a, yeah. a half of an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I still think it's a missed opportunity that we didn't get a, a motor rad race. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing this series is missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, something interesting. I don't remember which one of these, like, but after the, the thing is that after, um, Shizu gets introduced, like in the light novels, uh, he starts like showing up in like epilogue segments, like just like running through like towns, like Kino's already been on or already been through or will be through and just like having like a minor interaction with like one character and then going like, well, I'll just keep moving. I'm not staying for three days. This place doesn't seem that interesting. <laughs> interesting. I, 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 di- I did expect Shizu to like come back at least like once, but yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, it's weird how much they set up another, this could be a protagonist character mm-hmm. across a, he, the only he, two episode arc. <laughs> he, he, just, he does keep showing up like in the light novel. And like, I think eventually he gets like, a little a little like he rescues like a little girl to be like a sidekick or something but he he mostly is relegated to like showing up in an epilogue after like he knows had like an interaction and like seeing like the after effects of that and just going like huh okay bye (laughs) (laughs) um it is it is funny just the commitment of like the anime at um Mm -hmm. Like giving you some of the other recurring characters from the light novels, but not recurring them. <laughs> yeah, just you get it's, them once. I, yeah, I love that. Outs- it's outstanding. It's this this anime is like okay, we could run for this season or a hundred years, and it would not matter. Like, yeah, th- like all of these are just like little perfectly cut snippets. Yeah, yeah, we're just gonna like gesture at the existence of this character, um, and that's all mm-hmm. we're gonna do. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I don't, ha- I don't have a ton on the, the country of the, the tower. Um, I mean, it's another instance of this, like people doing seemingly pointless work 
Um, but for like just this weird ritual of which gets compared in in the episode as well, or like half episode to uh kids who are perhaps like you know reenacting something about the society that's why they're playing this game, but are are building like a block tower until it it crumbles as yeah. well. Um, mm. and there's a certain amount of like, oh, this country is doing the thing that like my toddler will do all the time that just like kids <laughs> will do, but it's like an entire country doing it. But then also there's a certain amount to which like, well, yeah, if you like lived in the country where people are building towers all the time, of course the kids would be obsessed with like building towers and watching them fall. Um, like, of course that'd be like the one big toy. Uh, so, um, um but yeah, I feel like there's not like this feels so much like you could just have put it in like you could have just extended the episode with the the men on the rails um yeah. and stuff to like yeah. have another little uh piece about like the purpose of work and you know um doing pointless work but like for some other social reason. Um <laughs> It is also just so funny how Kino's like maybe you would be happy building the tower for the rest of your life. If you got to engrave stones and the, the boys like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sounds like a pretty sick deal. <laughs> he, he's like, Kino, is there, is there more, is there like things worth traveling for? And Kino's like, uh, tower's pretty cool. Actually. <laughs> um, it's also great that, uh, like, I think the one other thing happening in this that doesn't happen in some of the other ones is this idea of, like, um, in a way that you can maybe tie to some degree into uh, some of the stuff with episode 13 of, like, um, destruction providing, like, the, the blank slate to, like, begin again and, and uh, approach something differently. Um, mm-hmm. It's the most that I could tie this into, like, uh, it kind of makes sense that it's like coming after episode 13, but then there's episode zero that's going back to the beginning. But, you know, and it's following this episode where like the the super happy, kind land um, that Kino wants to stay in forever uh, gets totally destroyed. If we're going with this utopian reading, too, of like, uh, but in the destruction, there's still like the room to then begin building again. Yeah, yeah, else. yeah, yeah. Um, but also it is just it's it's 12 minutes it's it's fine <laughs> um i think by the by the time we get to the question mark i'll probably wait till we're getting closer um but i'm gonna watch the the two uh movies so which mm-hmm. are like a half hour but um, yeah i'll have to watch this and then um if you're gonna watch the two movies for the question bucket i'll do the same yeah uh-huh. i'll um, talk about and i i promise kim i will read uh that first like big book of boogie pop the boogie fuck pop and yes. Book. fuck yes i promise you i'll do that for the question bucket you're my hero <laughs> um there'll be enough time i think in there that uh i will be able to finish reading through all of nana for the the <laughs> new year special and then read boogie pop um, i believe in you yeah um this this episode's coming out like January. I hope people are having a good New Year. I hope things yeah. are slightly better than they are uh, right now. I'm, I'm I mean I'm not too hopeful about this pandemic getting much better, but like 
the, the United States has been like dissolved by New Year or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're recording this in October. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Right I, I, I hope things are better. Um, yeah. Somehow, when everyone I, 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 I have infinite hope forever. Yeah. That's I'm good. aware that people traveling for the holidays is probably going to cause a bunch of spikes about different illnesses. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's better this year than last year, though. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh. <laughs> uh, 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 wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, bring it into this. On that note. Uh, uh, next episode, question bucket. Well, I think we're going to be recording this uh, Saturday, January 14th, but there are many months between now and then. So uh, as always, check the like uh, episode description. It'll be in there. Also, if you go to um, what is it? Uh, I think it's like export slash diving schedule. You get um, the, the schedule of like when episodes are coming out. And I always put in when we're recording the question bucket. So you can check that too. Um, if you want to send in emails to the question bucket, send them to ghost to at gmail.com. Uh, this is going to be a, a weird one for, for Ina sending in the, like who kisses and talks to the homies. Cause we don't have that many characters to run through. <laughs> this is not a, this is not quite as much a show about characters. Not a homie filled show. Yeah. Bacchano had so many fucking characters oh, that we gosh, had to that like. That was wild. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be hard to top that one. Yeah, um, but hopefully the, the be mall some fun. food court, like yes, restaurants <laughs> for each character. That was uh, um, that was good. I still think the soda choices for Ghost in the Shell characters is the most fun I had trying to figure out, like what people would do but anyway also um, uh the we did the the mall food court for ray earth i think that was my favorite one yeah or like fast food restaurants it was that fast one food, yeah yeah that one uh became the episode title where uh fario is really glad to be dating a bi girl now because it means he can eat chick-fil-a again um <laughs> anyway <laughs> jesus that bastard furia <laughs> uh Oh, Ferio, he sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of cute, though. Anyway, uh, Export Audio Network. Uh, go to exportaw.io. That will take you to the Patreon where you can support the network. Uh, if you do $1, you get early access to a bunch of shows. Uh, not this one, but you do get early access to Pondering Puton, which is a, a podcast that Connor and I do, where uh, we're reading through the Camardi High School manga at the same rate it was published in the weekly magazine um and then we often don't really talk about what we read but the entire podcast is about the comedy style of Cromartie high school uh it is just a comedy podcast of connor and i goofing off um and multiple people have told me it's funny so check it out if you haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> thank god um, yeah uh M of abnormal mapping thinks it's funny. Uh, High praise. Yeah. Um, also, listen to Ornate Stairwells a week early. Uh, it's the podcast that I do with Autumn, 
where we watch through movies and uh, talk about them. Uh, sometimes a lot of movies because we just talk about everything we've watched. When this is coming out, I think we're still going to... Well, so it's going to be all Lynch all the time, but uh, I think that the first season of Twin Peaks is going to end like right around the end of the year. And then we have a couple movies to watch. So we might be watching some sort of Lynch movie when this comes out, uh, but then we will eventually get back to the return. Um, and also go listen to Around the Long Fire. Uh, this is a podcast that I'm doing with the aforementioned M from Abnormal Mapping. Uh, this one is at, on the Abnormal Mapping uh, network. So if you go to abnormalmapping.com slash longfire, that should take you to it. Uh, we're reading through Icelandic sagas. Um, in, in the broad sense, because some of them are not the like sagas of Icelanders, the, the family sagas. Some of them are like legendaries. So anyway, go listen. I'm sure it's great. We haven't, we've only recorded an episode zero so far. So I don't actually really know what that podcast <laughs> is going to look like by the time you get to it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, final plugs. Follow the podcast at Ghost Divers Pod or at Ghost Divers on co host. Uh, you can follow me at Fox Mom Nia on Twitter and coast or at media of underscore pile. That's M E D I A M H underscore P I L E. Um, where I haven't used it much recently, but sometimes I'll do like pictures of stairs and movies on there and things, or like screenshots of comics I'm reading. Uh, anyway, where can people follow you, Connor? Y'all can follow me at Rabelais, R E B B L E A S on Twitter, uh, or co-host. And Kim, anything that you want to promo? Uh, you should read Unjust Steps at unjuststeps.com. I knew and, this was coming. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all, that's all yeah. I got, really. Oh, uh, you should follow at UnjustBot on Twitter <laughs> to, to <laughs> accompany your Unjust Steps reading. Yeah. It's really, it's good. It's a good, it's a good web novel. I like it so much. I've heard good things about it. I'm greatly fond of it. Um, I guess I guess that's it. I think I think that's everything. That's a that's a three hour podcast. Yeah. Uh. Bye. Bye.
Do we want to do a final clap just to, to be safe? Yeah. Not going to ruin my day. All right. Uh, 18. Keeping me on my toes. Yeah. Yeah, that was a quick yeah. turn. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, that spooked me a bit. I was a little bit late. Uh, yeah. I was going to be like, we can clap again, but it's fine. I'm going to stop recording. Right, I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm done though. I hit record. I've also hit Now record. recording. Uh, should we do time.is right away? Mm-hmm. Get it done with? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Got it. Let's do 19. Okay. Wow, I... That last clap was, like, it was powerful. Yeah. It sounded <laughs> normally, good. Normally, I feel like Discord, like, cuts the clap somehow, but... Uh, yeah, that had that, that had a really full body to it. There's just, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was an important Never... Clap. I never realized how much I appreciate a good, a good solid clap sound, but that just like, that just uh, something flickered in my brain there when I heard that. And it was, I just listen to, I to multiple claps every time that I edit this, so I've I've just become inured to clap sounds. <laughs> mm, yeah, but also I think that was your clap. I'm not sure whose it was, and there, uh, there's no way of us being. Well, until you start listening to the feeds. Yeah. Yeah, just like leave the um, claps in at the start of the podcast so everyone, everyone can like review our claps. Yeah. I will isolate them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you here, should here. just make like a, a glitch outro with well, the clap here, noises. Here. Uh, be quiet for a second. So here's my clap. Here's Connor's clap. And then here's Kim's clap. Okay. Now everyone right. can hear our individual claps and, they can and know them. which clap was which. Yeah, yeah. review them. Write it, write it in and tell us mm-hmm. which one was your favorite. Best. So which one was the worst? Yeah. Which one's like most improved? You can send You're it into yeah. <laughs> You can send it in to ghostdiverspod at gmail.com or you can just post in the Discord. This seems like a Discord thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just follow your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um if you yeah, but I will say, um, y- you can respond in the Discord. But if we don't get uh, at least one question about this, the question bucket is just going to be us. Like it's going to be those clapping sounds repeated <laughs> for an hour, and that will be it. So make your choices. Maybe like remixed a yeah. bit, but like for the most part, just claps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely going to painstakingly edit a, a remix of all of us clapping. <laughs> right. Like, you know, just turn just like three a, claps into a whole. A just whole... like Nightcore Ghost Divers clapping. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I like that. That in and of itself should be just a genre of music, a subgenre. <laughs> One of the only genres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. No one realized it, but actually it is. It's one of the only genres it's the, it's of the, music. It's the backbone of the modern music industry, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bluegrass music, 
Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> exactly. It's really just it's an offshoot. Um, do you want to do a drink check? Oh yeah. I literally just have water. I have um one in the like funfetti uh water bottle that's like more of a thermos. Uh, and then the one that I'm currently drinking out of is my one that just says Brat on it. Mm, nice. That's there, uh, so we I know do, what kind of energy you're coming with tonight. Um. So, uh, Autumn goes to to Jewel way more than I do, and uh, they're like one of the only grocery stores in Chicago that sells Verners. So sometimes they will see Verners and then pick up a a twelve pack for me because they know that I drink it when I'm sick or whatever. Um. And I do just have one that's just open in here now. Um, so Verner's is always on the table. I could end up that my th- feeling like my throat needs some Verner's and crack one open. That's just always here now. Oh, you mean you, you keep like a, a sealed one in your in your mm-hmm. recording studio? I, I keep the 12 pack is open. And so I can pull a can. Oh, out. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For a the, second the when you said it was open, I was like... Is that is that a way of consuming Verner's that I like? You just no. open it up and then just leave it open and no, that's sacrilege against Verner. the The intense fizziness of Verner's is like part of what makes it good. Mm, yeah. Well, that's why I was confused. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'll I'll go I'll go next. Um. I also have water. Uh, I have it in my. Uh, my Taiwan cup, which is like, I can't remember. I think this was paranoia agent. Uh, when I talked about this cup, Maybe. but it's like cylindrical and it's like, uh, ridged on the outside. Um, oh yeah. But like smooth ridges, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's really tall. I, I have a, uh, affinity for like really big mugs, really big cups. Um, and uh, so I like that. Um, I've also had this. My mom had it. Uh, and I've been drinking out of it for as long as I can remember. Um, but also it's like not, it, it's plastic and it's probably not very good quality. Um, so at this point, I probably shouldn't use it anymore because it's just been through the, the dishwasher so many times. And like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the science of this, but. You probably not smart to to drink out of a bad plastic receptacle that's been in use for twenty years or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, I I, I, I am, do. I do remember that this was you did talk about this on a paranoia agent episode. Um, that was our like too long drink check. That was a yeah. too detailed drink check. But because I remember the idea of consuming microplastics just felt like you like nailed what the show was the most. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that you felt like that moment contributed <laughs> because uh, I in the, in the moment I just I don't know. I don't really I don't think I knew where I was going with that. I was just kind of rambling. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah. Um so in addition to the water, um, I have, it's, it's actually the same drink check from Paranoia Agent. I have my, um, 
my Tervis Tumblr, my University of Miami Tervis Tumblr. Yeah. Um, at the Paranoia Agent uh, drink check, I called it a pre-Yeti. I was like, oh, it's that old style of uh, thermos, you know? But I couldn't. Yeah. It says Tervis right on the top. I don't know why I didn't just look at it. Um, it's a Tervis Tumblr, University of Miami. Also very old. This is at least... This is at least 10 years old, um, but probably older. And uh, I have it filled up with uh, this Kyoto Cherry Rose green tea that I've been drinking. Um, available at Churchill's Fine Teas in Cincinnati, Ohio. And probably, like, a lot of other places. But um, I'm just going to plug for Churchill's because they're a good shop. Um I've had basically once I drink this, I will have had an entire pot of this tea. Yeah, because um, I was really tired today, and we have a lot to talk about. Um, one final comment about this: when uh, when I bought this tea, I was really excited about it. I was like, "Oh, Kyoto Cherry Rose, that sounds great!" Um, and the first several times I drank it, I was like, actually not enjoying it that much. Um, it kind of had an astringency to it that was uh, off putting. Yeah, sometimes it works for me. I mean, it's, it's a common thing with, um, uh, obviously with like teas in general. Um, but especially like green teas, um, it's a common like part of the pro- flavor profile, but this was too much. It was like just, it was almost like soapy um, and also like astringent. Uh, and it just outweighed the like the grassy uh, or like the floral, more vegetal um, side in a way that it was just too, it was too strong. Yeah. Um, today it's a lot better. And I think I figured out why, which is I'm actually like, you have to brew the tea at the right temperature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you don't just dump like 210 degree water on green tea and then expect it to turn out good. Um, so anyway, that's that's my drink check. Uh, Kim, uh, really, all I, all I have is some ice water. Just some oh, old, good. Big old. Cup. I was worried you. I was worried you were gonna yeah. say the the forbidden drink. <laughs> no. um the drink that we don't that we don't talk about on this show yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the, the one yeah, you're yeah. not sponsored by mm-hmm. exactly we're, we're <laughs> the cursed one mm-hmm. you know we can we can arrange for you we can since we are sponsored by squirt um <laughs> we can have have them send you some squirt if you want to you know start like end your suffering if you want to drink something that's actually good, <laughs> we can get that arranged for you. I've never had squirt, but I'll. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah, uh, I. Uh, that's I'll, that's terrible. Uh, I'll take it. <laughs> I, I don't know if they sell it in my state, but I'll take it if you'll send it. Okay, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll circle back with you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, um, okay, ice water. That's a good. That's a nice uh, calming. Um, I did. A, I did a final a element. Walk, I did a lot of walking today, so this is my rehydration mm-hmm. moment. Nice. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's all I'm drinking too. So you're the one getting fancy over here, Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Showing us up. <clears throat> yeah. With me and With my green tea brewed at a specific temperature. And- <laughs> Your microplastic. <laughs> yeah, like like uh Neve and I are just like stuck with like macroplastics like usual. Like we gotta really like yeah. Yeah. we gotta gnaw them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, I'm just chewing on this wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You actually feel them in your esophagus as you're consuming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I think you mean the best. <laughs> oh, are you pro uh are you pro macroplastics? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're pro we're pro plastics on this show. Honest, honestly, sick of microplastics. Really, just like give it to me all at once. Really. Yeah, just yeah. surgically implant a hunk of plastic. It's like it's like it's like with HRT. Like it's better to get like one like big shot like less frequently than like uh, little little pills throughout like time mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like yeah, it's yeah. Just, that's how plastic works. It's good to have more in your body. Yeah, yeah, just like graft a hunk of plastic onto my thigh. Yeah, it's, yeah, and then we'll just be done with it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so I'm gonna end up being like two percent plastic. This is uh, this is actually the plot of Arc Knights. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, I'll just have to just believe have plastic you. growing out of them. That's kind of cool. It's pretty cool. They can do plastic yeah, that's awesome. magic. We should try and make that happen, like IRL. <laughs> We just need to get more fucked up plastic. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into the podcast or do, I, I do we have other goose? Yeah. Maybe. I don't want to step on people's goose. People have goose. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm goofed out. I think that's the okay. last joke I'll tell. Okay. Um. All right. I will. I will start it then. Um, how are we feeling? Do we want to move on to another episode or do a body break or something? Um, I, I could take a breather. Okay. Yeah. After drinking an entire pot of tea, I think I could do <laughs> a, a body break. So let's, yeah. let's do that. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll reconvene soon. Okay. Sounds good. Neve, it sounds like you're back. So <clears throat> I'm back too. I just wanted to announce that. Hello. What's up? I'm eating a cookie. We uh, decorated cookies with with. So I just ate one that decorated. I'm gonna send a, a picture of it. <laughs> okay. Nice. I mean, that's a really, uh, that's a really good bite right there with everything is clustered. (laughs) Yeah. There's a logic in that. What all is on that? Uh, some frosting, 
uh, weirdly placed, um, and then just a bunch of sprinkles. But it like, looks like little like M and M type things, like the bone and stuff. Um, yeah, some of them are like the bigger sprinkles, where it's like a little bit of like uh, a candy thing. Okay. Yeah, that looks good. Are y'all doing the um, the like Yule cookies again this year? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So Those that's uh, Samhain that we we uh, make the actual dough. Mm, okay. Cool. So, oh, we need to we need to figure out um, when we're doing Putan because I'm not doing it Monday. That's the, the, cause Samhain starts like the night of the 31st and then, um, like at sundown on the 31st. So then goes through the first. Hi, hi, hi. Hello. Hey. Um, and so like Autumn and I are going to watch a, a scary movie and hang out and I don't want to record Pujan. So. <laughs> yeah. Are you, um, are you going to be around on Tuesday? Um, yeah, we could probably do, we could probably do Tuesday. Okay. Well, let's, um, and let's then that. I don't know when autumn's planning to, to leave. Cause technically sound will be over at sundown. Um, but, uh, if, if they're still around, we could do the, um, the guest. Yeah. That would be awesome. Talk well, about let's, dad let's, rock. <laughs> yeah. Let's plan on that. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I'm not going to be like, no, you have to stay for Putan because uh, Molly's also visiting. So I don't want to. Oh, yeah. Well, if it works out, yeah. then that's then it's cool. And if not, it's, you know, it's mm. all good. But my half brother was going to be visiting. And so I was going to have to record um, Longfire on Tuesday because my half brother is going to be here Wednesday. But now he's not. So we're just oh. doing a normal Wednesday Longfire recording. Okay, cool. So yeah, we can do Tuesday. Um, also, I don't know if you saw Kim the the photo I posted in the yeah, yeah, yeah. chat of yeah 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 uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Kim de- er, decorated that cookie. Um, Kim nice job yeah. with that cookie. Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> I did so sick. It's, it's such a great toddler cookie. Mm. It's, it's like put, the 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 one thing that comes to mind like literally every time you bring up. Is that time they like uh like set the tables and it was just like oranges and forks? That's like my favorite thing they've ever done. It lives in my heart. It's so it's so cute. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was just oranges for everybody and forks. <laughs> to eat the oranges. Um, it is identifying a vitamin C uh deficiency in the in the household um, diet. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, you'll uh, you're good to go. Yeah, I'm set. Yeah.